With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. And here comes the Red Sox bullpen. Everybody panic. Fox Sports Radio, welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more information, visit geico.com. Game one of the World Series. Dodgers batting in the top of the fifth inning. Runners at first and second. Nobody out. David frees up the Dodgers. Have knocked Chris Sale out of the game. Matt Barnes is in for the Red Sox. He just tried to fake the ball at Kobe. Kobe didn't move. 
<laughs> did not flinch whatsoever. Not, there was no flinching. But he is he's driving to Temecula he as is. we speak. He is. He's ready to fight Derek Fisher and pitch in the fifth inning here for the Red Sox. So far in tonight's game, we will never be far from this game at all. Whatever NFL we get to, whatever billion-dollar mega-millions we talk about, That's we will right. never be far. Unless you win, then I'm sure you'll probably utter some profanities and yeah. walk out, you know, in a never minute, to be seen again. In, in a minute, I got a great story about uh, the mega-millions. I got a great oh, story great. about it. But here's where we sit right now in the game. Clayton Kershaw has not been sharp, but he has been okay enough. Clearly, his fastball sitting around 90, 91 miles an hour. All the hits he's given up tonight in the first inning that did a lot of damage were off his slider. It has not been a good Kershaw night, but he has kept the Red Sox at bay so far, but they have tagged him for three runs in four innings. His pitch count is still low at 69. 69 pitches thrown, 43 of them breaking balls. How about that? Oh, wait a minute. How many pitches did you just say there? 69. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, Gronk, what, what do you think about that, hey, Gronk? Hey, Boston, yeah. who's getting wild tonight? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Sale comes out of the game after 91 pitches. Again, he wasn't that sharp either, so kind of a loose game right now we are seeing between the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Again, Dodgers batting first and second, nobody out in the top of the fifth inning, and it's time to welcome back to the show after he was away... For the last nine days. Yeah, I barely recognized him. Producing the Chargers' big win over the Titans in London. He's wearing a Mike Vrabel jersey right now. He is. Chargers. That is my new favorite head coach, by the way. I'm sorry, Anthony Lynn. I love you too, but Mike Vrabel, you're a beast. Justin Frostberg is That's back. Sir Justin Frostberg to you. I've been in the. <laughs> oh, you I've got knighted just that quickly? I've been knighted, guys. Wow. How about that? Did That's you, sir. Did, did you impregnate anyone from the royal family? You address me as sir first, sir, and then sir, I'll answer the question. Sir Frostberg. <laughs> <laughs> sir Frostberg, have you impregnated anyone from the royal family? That is a negative. Okay. Although I tried. Okay. All right. That's just, where there you go. Right now. Justin international Frostberg, waters. That's what there it is. is. The international man of mystery. And now back to Justin celebrate Frostberg. his Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series. Boston. I see you, Boston. Did Now, did you like... Get up in the middle of the night to watch playoff games? Like, what did you do? We like, do have a hilarious story coming up uh, in about 45 minutes on that, guys. Okay. Trust me, you're going to want to hear it. Oh, we got to wait 45 minutes? Look at I, that. almost, I almost woke the whole team. That's what oh. you call a tease. It was bad. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Uh, so here's where we sit right now. Again, a 3-2 Red Sox over the Dodgers. David Freeze down on strikes. A big first out of the inning for the Red Sox. Uh, again, 3-2 they lead. In the top of the fifth, Manny Machado batting for L.A. He's already got a hit in RBI tonight. He's got a pretty good defensive play. We talked about him last night being the big X factor for the Dodgers. I like where he is at because he is in a anywhere from four to seven game audition to get $300 million from a preferred destination. Many teams will offer it to him, but the team he wants to go to, he's got to make sure, hey, I can prove to everybody I can perform on the biggest stage and no surprise he's doing well. He's played 49 career games at Fenway Park, one of the few Dodgers that has that kind of experience there. Well, and you're talking about a guy who who was racking up big numbers for a bad Baltimore team yeah. while playing uh, in, at Fenway all these years. So well, and they remember him taking out Pedroia on a play that well, wasn't, uh, you know, that that they're still remembering because Pedroia really hasn't been the same it's all his fault. since that play. No, that's right. He's He's not made a lot of friends. But certainly, if the the money's right, 
uh, they'll consider bringing him along. <laughs> Wait, we, <laughs> we can bring his bat in? Okay, good. He'll apologize in some sort of ceremony for an extra $20 million. Sure. A wild pitch has just advanced the runners to second and third with one out for Manny Machado. Again, we're never far away from this game. When something happens, you'll hear a yell either from Harmon or Frostburg or somebody. Uh, again, 3-2 Boston over the Dodgers, top of the fifth. But I told you I got a funny story for the Mega Millions. Okay, sure. Right? So tonight, the $1.6 billion jackpot. Yeah. Right? $1.6 billion. That's all anybody I saw was talking about today. In Is that fact, right? I went to Starbucks, right? We went, we went, we went shopping today, um, food shopping. And you know the, the pavilions, it's one of those restaurants, uh, restaurants. It's one of those supermarkets that has Starbucks inside. So I go to get in line to get a drink. Well, you know, Pam's going shopping. I said, I'm going to go get a drink. You want some? She goes, yeah. I said, all right. So I'm waiting in line, and there's a woman in front of me waiting for a drink. She's got to be in her 60s. And I order my drink, and she turns to me and says, what are you going to do with the billion dollars if you win? And I, 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 I looked at her, and I said, uh, okay. Uh, I said, all right. Um, I said, you know what I'll do? I see here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the Lakers, and then I'm going to trade Lonzo. And she starts laughing, and the, the barista starts laughing, and she goes, oh. You know, she says to me, she says, you wouldn't like pay a lot of money to take a 747 jumbo jet ride with the president? <laughs> and I was like, that's the most random thing in the world, to take a 747 ride with the president? To be like, honest, if you sat down and you wrote down a lot of things that you'd want to do with that money, yeah. I don't know that that comes up. 747. Sitting right, president yeah. I wanna... or even ex-presidents. I, I don't think any of that comes to fruition too fast on my my list of things I would you? do with that kind of money. So I'm like, uh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. And you know what? She comes back when she goes, oh yeah, yeah. She goes, yeah, but yeah, we should trade Lonzo. No oh, good. <laughs> and that was her. That well, was her end. Brought her back to reality. Yeah, yeah, we we should trade Lonzo. And I'm like, Stay right, in your lane. There we go. Oh, I mean, so, then sorry, you, well, I mean, I think you probably channeled Diedrich Bader from Office Space, and you you didn't want to be honest with us here on the. I'll radio. tell you what I'd do with a billion dollars. <laughs> I'd buy the Mets. So, everybody, I'd buy one of the like uh, independent baseball teams. You I'd can buy the Mets one of those. ten times over for that amount. <laughs> no, I don't want the <laughs> headaches that come with that. I could buy the Mets and the Jets for $1.6 billion. Uh, you are 258 times more likely to be struck by lightning than to win the Mega Millions. How much? 258 times more likely. That's all? But yeah. you are I would have thought likely. it would have been a lot more... Uh, a lot, lot longer odds than that. Yeah. A lot more likely to hit the Mega Millions tonight than the Mets ever make in the World Series. Oh, right? come on, stop. I mean, just made it three years ago. Yeah, that was three years ago. Okay. Nobody see, it does ago. seem like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I will say this. I mean, my team was in, in the World Seven years. Well, it was 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my team was in the World Series, you know, 13 years ago. Yeah, so okay. you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, big anniversary I mean, tonight, tonight, by the way. Big anniversary. How, yes, yes, we'll get anniversary. To, we'll get to your big anniversary coming up in about fifteen minutes because we have some very special audio to play for oh, you great. as well. Uh, but but the, here's the thing about this is that there's a better odds. There's a there's a there's better, a odds, better odds. odds. If I yeah. play it, uh, that that um, someone's going to win the billion, the one point six billion mega millions tonight, most likely. Are you? Are, is someone going to get struck by lightning? I don't know. Like, what's that? That's what I want to know. Better odds tonight: someone winning the Mega Millions or someone getting struck by lightning somewhere. Or in the, the Knicks States. winning a game. Yeah. Stop. We've won one game. Okay, we're good. We won one hey, game. That's one more than the Lakers. We didn't, hey, Frostburg, welcome back, tonight. buddy. <laughs> He's just coming out throwing haymakers at you, man. <laughs> He's been away. He's for missed like eight you days. so Harman, much, Harman, yeah. We spoke about this. It's Sir Frostburg. It's Sir. Sir. Well, I was addressing him <laughs> in the moment. Um, let me write that on my notes. 
Address him as sir. Well, that's what I tell the kids at school. How should we call you? Mr. Mike, Mr. Harmon, Maddie's dad, sir. Uh, just call me sir. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, update from baseball. Game one of the World Series is now tied at three apiece. Manny Machado nearly takes Matt Barnes's head off with a line drive up the middle. It is gloved, but the run scores. A run scoring ground out for Machado. That ties the game at three apiece. Cody Bellinger flew out to right field to end the inning, so Dodgers and Red Sox now tied at three as the Red Sox come to bat in the bottom of the fifth inning. A big trade in the NFL today. The Giants trade Eli. Wait for it. Eli's coming. Eli has been traded by the Giants. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Waiting. Eli Apple was traded by the Giants. How did his mom respond? She said, I have a trade. I have an apple. Uh, Apple trade. Wow. Apple trade. Pineapple trade. Didn't uh, see that coming. Pen pineapple. Nice apple trade. That's why I love this story because I got I'm gonna get to do pen pineapple apple pen guy tonight. You did it. <laughs> you got it in. It's it's a final. Good job. Here's where this is a big deal coming up is that as the trade deadline gets closer, we talked to Jay Glazer last night on the show, and he said this is going to be what did he say? The most wild and woolly and insane and 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 all altogether unpredictable yeah, trade there's deadline a, there's that he's a lot ever of twists, seen. Yeah, right? uh, people are uh, emboldened over the last uh, last week or so that this will be an active period. Why? Because you're going to see teams tanking. The Raiders are already tanking. We got a bid on on Derek Carr coming up in a few minutes. That's just absolutely insane. But the Raiders are already taking tanking. The Giants at this point should tank as well. Now, you can argue they don't need to do anything to tank because they're playing poorly, but the Giants should tank as well. And if you are smart, if you're the Giants, you realize after last night, your team has three big names and nothing else, right? You have Eli Manning, you have Saquon Barkley, you have Odell Beckham Jr., right? You got a chance this past week or a week ago when Odo Beckham Jr. threw the entire team under the bus with an interview that the Giants didn't know was going to happen to make you realize, okay, we paid the guy. I know Jason Smith on the radio said we shouldn't pay him because we're just going to get the same kind of stuff from him, but I ignored him, and we still signed him anyway, and now he's causing more controversy. You got a chance to say, all right, we signed him. Now let's try to get rid of him because you realize the Giants, you are not close to being a good team. Not close. You're two years away at least from being a good team. Do you need a $90 million wide receiver to get better? You don't, because as you can see, and as you've seen, even with Odell Beckham Jr. catching 10 passes for 140 yards, you can still go one and seven. Right? You do spending that kind of money on a wide receiver is a bad investment across the board. Not just because it's Odell Beckham Jr., but it gets magnified because Odell Beckham, there's a lot of crap that comes along with him. If you're the Giants, all right, Saquon Barkley could be the centerpiece of your offense. That's great. You need a quarterback, you need many other needs. If the Cowboys give a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. You dangle Odell Beckham, it accomplishes two things. One, if you get somebody to pony up for him, two number ones, a one, a three, and a player, something else, big from a team that's going to have a high draft pick, you make that deal. And you move on from Odell Beckham Jr. and say, we truly are starting over. Because Odell Beckham's going to be that guy that hangs over the team throughout it. And 
you need more than just, okay, we'll get a quarterback to pair up with Odell Beckham Jr. Because, you know, last night, Eli Manning threw for three ninety nine. He did have he did struggle on third down. He did complete a lot of passes short, but still 400 yards is 400 yards. You've seen that, okay, we're still going to stink without this. You need to make sure we're going to build our offensive line, our quarterback, whatever it is. There's so many holes. And the Raiders already have three first-round picks coming up because of trades they made. The Giants stink. There's not a lot of assets you can trade to get better. Think of it like it's a baseball situation where we're not going anywhere. Here's our best player who's owed a lot of money. We got to start over, and we have to make this trade. I put Odell Beckham Jr. on the market, and at the very least, if I can't trade him, that gets his attention. And if you really want out, we're, we can we can make that happen for you. Can you shut up for five minutes and just play football? I mean, really, that it serves those two purposes if you do that. Well, a couple of things. I mean, we can equate it to Machado being in the World Series tonight. He goes from the worst – Worst situation in baseball, 115 losses to being on a World Series contending team. He may be a malcontent and an instigator in in different regards, but you you can't deny how good a player he is. Much like Odell Beckham Jr., as we watch him night in, night out, and some of the brilliance that we see, we also see him drop a two-point conversion that sends everybody spiraling and losing their minds. But when, when you look at it, nobody begrudges him his money. We got a lot of blowback yesterday about Odell Beckham and his money. He's worth the money. He's worth the cash. He's a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. But it's all in the context of what your team is, right? And if you had already done your due diligence and built your team properly, then yeah, spend your money on Odell Beckham Jr. Have at it. If you'd actually addressed your offensive line with five guys that could play, great. If your defense was anything like it was supposed to be, even better. Now, Olivier Vernon's finally back in the lineup the last two weeks. Maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't. We see. But when you're talking about now dangling out, the Amari Cooper trade reset the marketplace as to what a top-end player might be able to bring you because the Dallas Cowboys, as much as you might look at it and say, well, that's an overpay, you at least know to some degree what Amari Cooper is as a player versus going into the draft and bringing in a wide receiver next year and whatever else. Now, the contract's a whole other issue. But going forward, you now have the the discussion of, for Odell Beckham, You've got a lot of other component parts that you need traded out, and he's just a cog in a machine. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. 3-3, bottom of the fifth inning, nobody out. Clayton Kershaw still on the hill facing Mookie Betts. We'll keep you updated throughout the night on the World Series game. But coming up next, we got a big memory from Mike Harmon, and one-star NFL quarterback absolutely did not cry. I'm so excited. Oh, you wish it was you. That story's next, Fox. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For info, visit geico.com. Hey, you know, according to the National Geographic, the average American has a 1 in 5,000 chance of being struck by lightning during a lifetime. 1 in 5,000. So just 280 times more than that are the chances you'll win the Mega Millions tonight. Right? So you're telling you're saying me there's, there's a chance. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Things getting a little interesting and not very comfortable for the Dodgers right now. Bottom of the fifth inning, the Red Sox have chased Clayton Kershaw from this game. He goes four innings, seven hits, gives up back-to-back hits to start the fifth inning. He comes out, Ryan Madsen comes in, and a walk has loaded the bases with nobody out. For the Red Sox, and look who's up, J.D. Martinez, who tonight has already turned Clayton Kershaw into his personal pincushion 
two for two with two RBI, hitting the ball hard. And here's a guy that get a good look at him because in one game you may not see him when the series shifts to Chavez Ravine. Got to figure they they do anything they can to get him in the lineup, even if he's just standing standing around. Don't go after the ball. Don't do anything. We just need your bat in the lineup for four. <laughs> and Attendee and Mookie will there. cover you. He'll be okay. <laughs> Uh, so this is where we sit right now, bases loaded, and for Clayton Kershaw coming out, this at by this point, this should not be surprising to anybody. In fact, can we cannot you think playoff Kershaw is enough to get trending? Like is that buzzworthy enough to trend? I'm playoff sure. Kershaw. Now here here's the thing though, just to put an asterisk on it. His last seven playoff starts, four and one with a three three two ERA. Yeah. Just just to put it yeah, out there, yeah. right? Because the overall narrative sometimes doesn't quite match. I mean, obviously we pick arbitrary data points, but he's been much better recently. There, yeah. there are some blow-up moments play, but in there. But playoff, he's been good, yeah. really bad. Good, yeah. really bad. And That's tonight he was really good. He, <laughs> he was solid until he wasn't. I don't know what game you were watching. Now, but, three uh, runs through that. They won 108 games this year. Yeah, yeah the they, they beat up on innings. Me, what other pitcher has gone through that lineup three times? That was the, you, it you was give a, me one. That's that was three blue, runs blue, and four innings. That's not It's not good. That's, that's actually like, pretty damn good. You're in a tie no. game with the Red Sox at Fenway Park. Blue Jays that's and not Orioles. bad. You'll take it. Okay, calm down, sir. Sir Frostberg is Sir Frostberg salty. He spent a he spent over a week in London's climate where people just get yeah the fish and chips the have time. clouded my brain well, that really? and a lot of Boddingtons <laughs> hello a lot of Boddingtons in the brain uh, obviously he was what not is, helped back what in is the a first Los Angeles Charger can you is that a car what what is that I'll it's tell you what it's called the winner is what it what, is what they is had eighty four thousand people fired up though they're playing a team called the Titans is that is that is that a group of large individuals that are coming to play are they all giants they didn't look coming? like it down with, there on the last play with pet rabbits and big teeth uh, what did tell me about this two point conversion that you have apparently many people are talking about oh this. Mike Vrabel <laughs> you beautiful man you. Uh, uh, so, but here's the thing about Kershaw: as JD Martinez goes down on strikes, a big strikeout from Ryan Madsen right there. Is that look this playoffs? That's who Kershaw has been: really good, not so good; really good, not so good for his career. That's what he's been: really good, not so good. He's about a 500 pitcher. His ERA is over four. I mean, this is just who he is at this point. It's like people who wanted to sit there with, you know, in the middle of. His career after Shaq was in the league for 10 years, and they wanted to say, when's Shaq going to make his free throws? No, he's not. This is just how it's going to go. Why, why would he change? Free throws. Why would he this suddenly, is who he is. after making $200-plus million he, and winning MVPs, if he makes suddenly him, he's going to change that? How's that changing his game? If he makes him, he makes him. If he, uh, he, But if he doesn't, he doesn't. You should not be surprised. This is who he is. It's the same thing with Clayton Kershaw. This is who he is at this point. He's someone who is going to give you a great game and then can give you a bad one. This is just the reality of Kershaw pitching. And so no one should be surprised. I, mean, I still get people go, wow, what happened to Kershaw? No, this is, this is just who he is. No, let's go back to the first inning, though. If um, Yasiel Puig plays some good fundamental baseball, which is also at this point in year six of his career, we know what he's going to do and that he's going to have Yasiel Puig moments mm-hmm. if he throws to the right base. Yeah. <laughs> Then maybe that inning doesn't turn out as it did. Maybe no, but, maybe you cut it off after one run. <laughs> but still, you know, he gave up seven hits yep. and he got hit hard. Sure. He did, you know, he 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 still struck out five batters. Certainly but this was, was not, not sharp. This exactly. is not sharp. And this is the thing about you know uh, you know something we've talked about throughout 
for the last 18 months, and now people are starting to come around to it, is that you're paying Clayton Kershaw $30 million a year. You're paying him for this time in the schedule. You say, well, we made the trade for Manny Machado. You traded for Manny Machado for these last couple weeks, the NLCS and here in the World Series. That's what you're paying Clayton Kershaw for. So at the end of the season, if Clayton Kershaw opts out, he leaves the Dodgers. I told you, they're trying to push him out the door a little bit going, it's okay, Clayton, yeah, all right, we're not going to start you in game one. Do we really want you back? Well, we're not going to talk about that until after the World Series is over. Those are very telling things. Life without Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers will be very okay, very much okay because they're already built with a loaded team in the regular season. They have four guys on the bench right? that, that could start for any other team 150 games a year. But because the Dodgers' offense has so much, they sit. So we know they're loaded. They, we know that they now have young pitchers coming up. Walker Buehler's going to wind up being the next big stud for the Dodgers now. They can build that. You have extra bats you can trade. You know what? If Max Muncy's not, if you think he's a guy that's, look, he had 30 home runs, but he's kind of peaked now, you can turn him into a really good starting pitcher or something else that you need, a couple of pitchers. The reality without him will be just fine. And, you know, I know we're talking about next year while here at Game 1 of the World Series, but you know the front office of the Dodgers, you're always thinking ahead, thinking, okay, Clayton at $30 million a year for the next two, for the next couple of years, is that really something that's going to work out for us? Is that really something we want, or should we push to see if maybe we need both sides to, to move on? I mean, really, that's a conversation you have to have. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up in one minute, we have a big anniversary for Mike Harmon, big anniversary in baseball, but first... Crooked runs have just dented the scoreboard in Fenway Park. Deb Carson's got what's trending, D.C. They have indeed. Rafael Devers with an RBI single has just increased the Red Sox lead. They're now up 5-3 over the Dodgers, bottom of the fifth inning. And this is, of course, game one of the World Series. Moving to the NBA, Pistons edge the Sixers 133-102 in overtime. Blake Griffin with a career game, a career-high 50 points, 14 rebounds as Detroit is off to a 3-0 start. Philly falls to 2-2. Sixers, by the way, were without Ben Simmons, who's dealing with back tightness. Last minute in the game in New Orleans, Pelicans with a 113-104 home lead over the Clippers. Six to go third quarter in Denver. Nuggets are up 91-66 over the Kings. Uh, an improved or an increased lead since I last took a look. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And finally, guys, a little stunt casting by Fox, the voiceover for the opener of the Game One World Series telecast. How do you make history? You win championships. Not once, not twice. You win again and again. Possible dream revisited. And the Boston Red Sox are the world champions. Everything you do every day is about winning. And Bill, Ch- Bill Belichick would know all about winning. That was the New England Patriots head coach doing the opener for the Fox Game 1. I hate that song. <laughs> so there you have it. You know, he also knows a lot about cheating. Oh, was that? Oh, I'm sorry. Was that? Was I say that? Come on now. Sorry. Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. Yeah, I was waiting for Belichick to finish that by saying, if you're really going to do it and really wanted to to cater to the Boston audience, you finish it by saying, nah, I'm on to Cincinnati. No, we're on to we're game on to one. Kansas City. We're on to game one. I hate that song. That's how you end it. We're on to game one. <laughs> or see you in Atlanta. I don't know. However you want to do it. Yeah, but we're on to Cincinnati.
Uh, so that's where we sit right now. Uh, Madsen gets out of the inning. Yasiel Puig, a pretty athletic play to end the fifth, but two runs cross the board for the Red Sox. Devers with a big hit. I mean, I feel like, you know, this kid's 22. I feel like he's been in the league for like 10 years. You know, he came up when he was 19 and, 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 you know, he had some big hits. I feel like, oh my God, Devers, he's like 22 years old. It's like, I, you know, I feel like, you know, God, I've been watching him already. No, that's the hard part, right? Is if you follow minor league baseball, you follow, maybe you collect trading cards. You got cards of these guys when they're 18. And so you think, ah, he's got to be like 30. Like, no, no, he's, it's, he, he was that young when you first were exposed to him. Yeah. Right? I mean, guys we watch in college for basketball and, and for the NFL, certainly we do that as well, right? As part of the Amari Cooper trade, you had to keep being reminded, he's only 24. He's only 24. <laughs> Seems like he's been in the league forever. Uh, meanwhile, uh, absolutely tonight is the worst night in the world for Blake Griffin to go for 50 points. Yeah, no, it's I not mean, good. Really, you had, you know, the World Series, Game 1, there's so much drama going on. And oh, by the way... In overtime tonight, the Pistons beat the Sixers 133-132. Eventually, someone's going to write a really long column on the internet. The Athletic will do it, or the Ringer or somebody will say, what happened to defense in the NBA? And then everybody's going to go, oh, yeah, there's no defense in the NBA. Yeah, we've told you for like a week and a half now. There's no defense in the NBA no. anymore. We watched so it last night. I mean, that game was ridiculous. So many the, games The Laker are game like was this. absurd. 133-132 is your final. Yes, in overtime, but, you know, it went to overtime at 121 apiece. And Blake Griffin goes for 50, 14 rebounds. He actually hit five threes tonight. How about that? In the Pistons' victory. Meanwhile, That's as many free throws as he hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh! He was better from three-point range than he was from the free throw line. Five of 11 versus five for 10. And here's the crazy part about this game. I mean, not Joel Embiid was 30, 33 and 11. Uh, ben Simmons didn't play. That's right. A DNP for Ben Simmons. Markel Fultz had 13 points, uh, did uh, pick up six rebounds, but Ben Simmons did not play in this game, and still 132 for the Sixers. Markel Fultz, uh, he was six of nine too. So I mean, yeah. getting some some cheers for hey, being guess able what, to guys? Hit a shot. What's up? Nobody cares. Oh, the World Series is on. Well, that's we said that. We said it's the worst night. Oh, I was just reminding you. Where's Frostburg's entrance music? Tight shirt. I mean, yeah, exactly. Where's his Jason. entrance music? It's I, Sir. Sorry. Sir. Where is Frostburg. Sir Frostburg's entrance music? There we go. Well, nobody introduced him. What? He, oh, sorry. He, he, Sir listen. Frostburg. Um, he, he's a Dodger fan. He's, he gets to jump on yeah, the he mic when he wants in. to now. All I mean, the way from Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll sing a little Jethro Tull about Piccadilly Circus. Snots running down No, his different nose. song. Uh, oh, look, we're already two and a half hours into this game. We have just started the sixth inning. Yeah, this game is going to end. Bamford's uh, losing his mind. Yeah, yeah this game is going to end at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's okay. That's good for us. 10.30. Like, think about this. People who say, you know what? I don't need to watch the baseball game until, like, 10.30, 11 o'clock. And I'll check in and I'll get the last inning or two. People are tuning in now going, it's only the fifth bleeping inning? Oh, my God. This is insane. Yeah, it's uh, snail's pace. Uh, But, again, 5-3 Red Sox with the lead over the Dodgers. Dodgers uh, batting now in the top of the sixth inning. Nobody out. Nobody on. Meanwhile, in the history of the world. Yeah. Today is a very big anniversary because of this. Here's Tebow. <laughs> well done. What a 
special moment for Tebow. There it is. Oh, broken wrist and everything with a big home run, Tim I'm Tebow. I'm so excited. I know, Tim, take it easy, Tim, take it easy. You'll be hitting third for the Mets next year. I see nothing's no, changed, guys. <laughs> no, you were gone nine days, same thing, same thing. Oh, except Teichert stopped driving Lyft, apparently. I did. I haven't drove lately. Yeah, yeah he's not driving. Yeah, just when it became a fun thing for the show, he decided, I don't want to do it anymore. Not a sponsor. Yeah. Still not a sponsor. No, yet. still yeah. not. I'll drive tonight. Uh, no, are you going to drive tonight? Yeah. Really? Yes. I mean, did I pressure you? Is that why? A little bit. Did well, you I know what else is going to happen, though? What's going to happen? He's going to have a special guest star, Sir Frostburg, oh, sitting yeah. <laughs> shotgun. He will be <laughs> Frostburg's going to sit shotgun. Unless his steering wheel's on the other side. I ain't taking that chance. <laughs> Frostburg's going to be sitting in the front seat, and he's going to be reading off Dodgers and Chargers stats to the people you know, in Keenan the Allen. Seat. You know, Keenan Allen finally said, I need the ball, too. With an English accent. <laughs> Forget about this Williams and Williams. No, it's my turn now. Do you know we have two players named Williams who are both wide receivers? Jason, that's Australian. That's it. No, 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 no. If I wanted to go Australian, I would go like this. You're right, Rog. There wasn't enough room. I would go that no, way. No, that's South African. That would, no, that's... that's uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> because now I'm just picturing Frostburg like with a big notebook like he has for the Chargers broadcast, just sitting in the front seat, turning pages, and the person back going, I'm okay with not talking. Oh, let's take a look. When Joey Bosa is expected to come back, uh, week eight after the bye. I've been knighted. You think I turned my own pages? <laughs> Listen, I can just get out at the corner right here. That's not. Speaking <laughs> of quarterbacks, Casey Hayward is now ranked one of the, my pro football focus, and that, that's how the whole thing goes. Just keeps going. Uh, but no, it was 13 <laughs> years ago tonight that we had this. Bases loaded, two out with Canerco on it. And he rips one in the left. Canerco, grand slam. Paul Canerco's Grand Slam Game 2 of the World Series helps vault Chicago to a 7-6 win. They go on to win the only championship in Mike Harmon's lifetime that he really cares about, besides the Bears. This was Paul Canerco. And then, following that, just a few short years later, after he retired and wasn't playing anymore, <laughs> knowing full well that Paul Canerco was Mike Harmon's favorite player, we got this... <laughs> When it was Mike Harmon's birthday. Hey, Mike, this is your good friend Paul Canerco just calling in to wish you a happy birthday. Hope you have a great day, man. Take it easy. Well, there you go. And, and then, then he said, he told never... me uh, to lose his number. Yeah. <laughs> but now that you've been knighted, can you get that back? <laughs> oh, it's on speed dial. Well, there you have it. Yeah, hey, you know what? Call Bill Walton, too. He'll, no, he'll we're actually going to call Canerco after this game. We're just okay. going to call him until he picks up. He happy would, anniversary. Happy would, anniversary. This is like four years ago for your birthday, which yeah. we just celebrated. I did last week, ago. yeah. Frostburg had a pint in England for you. I know, he, he had there. several. He, he and, texted uh, me and uh, misspelled a couple of uh, very basic words. The best the best part of this story was that we tried to get him to come on, and he didn't want to come on and do an interview, but he said, I'll, I'll do a greeting. So we taped the greeting oh, and, and had him come on. Hey, you want to come on and talk? Had, what did he say? For I don't really do stuff I don't like really this. do that stuff what, anymore. What did he say? Something? He basically said to beat it. <laughs> you got five seconds. I hope you're rolling one take. Uh, White Sox go on to win the World Series. No, nah, he couldn't and... have been nicer. No, he was a nice guy. He just doesn't do he stuff like that. He did tell me to F off afterwards, but yeah. yeah well, he's doing we some broadcasting it. now. He's part of the uh, Ken Harrelson send-off, so he did some work in the booth uh, and told a lot of stories and at times you thought it should have been an open mic night. No, yeah. but the, the biggest bat in Chicago history, right, Harmon? Oh, yeah. There's no question no about it. Yeah, I mean, you've On the those... south side, for sure. Yeah, we don't care about the other place. <laughs> uh, situation that, you know, as we're, I was actually at that game. So, 
for several days, I had no voice, no, which, I which know, really now, made a lot of people excited. Now, I know Canerco was your guy, but be, now be honest. Yeah. Biggest home run, because I, I take umbrage with that. Bigger home run, Canerco slam or Jeff Blum? Bigger home run. Canerco slam. Bigger, or really? Griffey's yeah. last one. Or- well, I mean, <laughs> that's White Sox Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr., and who can forget, look at the end of Ken Griffey's 39-game stint with the White Sox. This could be the last time we see him. Hall oh, and he goes out with a weak ground out to second. Now, we did also celebrate the uh, 25th, 25th inning home run by Harold Baines against the Brewers when the Brewers were still alive in these playoffs. Mm, that's yeah, that, it was one of the longest games in Yeah, that was last week's news, that was. the Brewers. Come yeah, on, I know. Carmen. Either way, I wanted to get a Harold Baines mention in while I could since – we made it all about me uh, for a minute or two here. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't they retire Hal Bain's number when he was still playing? Yeah, they did. I mean, come on, man. And then he really? came back and played yeah. again. <laughs> Can't Can do I it. Take my own number out. He's of got retirement? a good statue too. Twitter at How about a fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show at Mike Harmon. Two outs, top of the sixth inning. Yasiel Puig batting Red Sox into their bullpen now. Lead the Dodgers five three. We'll have more on this coming up next. In addition to. A quarterback controversy that I'm really stunned that we're going to get to talk about. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's say I'd save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you got to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, The Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Bottom of the sixth inning, Julio Urias is in for the Dodgers. One out, make it two outs. Nice pitch on the inside part of the wow, plate. Wow, that is a He was nice not happy. Uh, two outs now. Urias gets a strikeout. Boston, though, still with the 5-3 lead as the Red Sox bat in the bottom of the sixth inning. Both Chris Sale and Clayton Kershaw gone from this game before they could even get five innings. Uh, it's, it's debatable who had the better night because neither Kershaw nor Sale was sharp, uh, and now we're sitting here in the sixth inning. Two hours and 50 minutes into That's the game, right, and buddy. we're still in the sixth inning. So it's a three hour game, and, and we're in the We got three more innings to go. It's almost go. like free baseball already. Yeah, it is. From your normal running time of a movie. What if you did this in the playoffs to make things better? Just made game six innings. Games get finished. No, like, you got a lot of people already games arguing. Under three hours. Yeah, but you got a lot of people already arguing for seven inning games as it is. Yeah, can we start that rule in game two? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Fox is going to have to start starting games at like three in the afternoon. Oh, we all know who they're rooting for. Is this the old, hey, pray for rain? Or 11. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, a big story. We'll keep you updated here, obviously. We're never far from this game. A big story out of the NFL today surrounding Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. According to The Athletic, Derek Carr has lost a lot of support around the Raider locker room because he, quote, cried during their last game, a game in which he got hit repeatedly, and video shows that on one play after he gets hit, he's asking to be helped up, and it looks like he is crying as he's being helped up. Derek Carr and his brother both responded to this report on The Athletic. 
Darren Carr by saying, and and no, not David Carr. This is Darren Carr. Another. So you got Darren, David, Darren, and Derek. Yeah. Uh, this sounds like a rock band. So, so yeah. uh, he's like the third brother in the Mannings that nobody knows. He is. Darren Carr. Hey, you leave yeah. Cooper alone. So they're the that's equivalent. A, that's that's, yeah. that's yeah. great stuff on Sunday mornings. Derek. <laughs> I watch I'm sure on Sunday morning. Uh, I like watching Cooper's uh, segment every week. Swami. No, we call him Cooper. <laughs> uh, so you have Darren Carr and Cooper Manning. Yeah. Uh, Darren Carr, Derek Carr's brother, tweets out all the times in that game he was hit 16 times, broken pinky finger, sprained thumb, all the the maladies and injuries that Derek Carr has suffered the last couple of years with the Raiders. So in response to the athletic article, Darren Carr writes that, and then Derek Carr quote tweets it yeah. and says, don't waste your time with this big bro. On the ground I yelled, get me up, get me. Then I got to the sideline and yelled again. Not one tear, not one time. There is the truth. People will click on it because it sounds crazy, but stop playing with me. So Derek Carr is saying, I didn't cry, got to the sideline. What I was doing was yelling, get me up, get me up. Not one tear. Yeah. Not I didn't cry, not one tear. Derek though- Carr might as well include a link to the article <laughs> while he's go. at it, if that's what you're going to do. And then one, once, once the family members get involved, it's all over. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that what every athlete needs to do is tell their family, and, and, and their mom, your dad, your wife, whoever it is, your brother, your sister, and say, listen, I know you mean well, and I know you want to protect me. I know you want to stand up for me when people say things or write things about me on the Internet or anywhere else. That has no bearing on my life. All right? What happens in the locker room and what the coaches think and how we perform, that's what happens. I know it's frustrating, but don't come to my defense because it's not going to help me. There has never been an instance where a family member or someone outside of a team has come to a player's defense and it's worked out well for them. If it's someone's mom, it's embarrassing. If it's someone's dad, it's, boy, look how bad that dynamic is. If it's someone's brother, it's that guy just wants to fight. And he's standing up for, for a, a younger brother who can't believe it. you got to be able to handle your own stuff. And that goes in life. you got to be able to handle your own stuff. And if you're a quarterback and you're getting paid millions of dollars, you got to handle it yourself. And maybe that's not saying anything, whatever it is. But the fact that I see Darren Carr tweet this out and Derek Carr quote tweets it, dude, let this go. You could see that this was orchestrated. This is not going to win you any friends in the Raider locker room. You have to just let this go and lead. The best thing the Raiders could do, honestly, for him is trade him. Continue to tank. You traded Amari Cooper, you got a first-rounder. Someone will give you a first-rounder and a player for Derek Carr because he's still a good quarterback, but you have soured on him and your team is terrible, and John Gruden wants his own quarterback. Best thing you can do is trade him. If I had advice for Derek Carr right now, I would say stay silent, shut up, go out and play. Don't give anybody any more ammunition. Well, and that's the hard part is that crying or not, and, and as soon as you start arguing about it, in the media, you, you have to address your locker room. That's it. And decide what your your relationship is there with your coach, who's obviously taken his shots at you on occasion for passes you didn't complete to the now-departed Cooper. And then you, you look at all these reports. If, if there's something to it, figure it out in your locker room. Don't go quote-tweeting your brother. Like And, look, if he cried because he's getting pummeled because your offensive line that you paid a lot of money for isn't doing their job, you're getting pummeled. You know, man, woman, child, you're going to cry after a while, especially when you're getting bent over backwards yeah. repeatedly. Crying is There's not nothing, a big that's deal. That's fine. But it's, many people, many people it, it, the image of it is still bad. 
and you know what? Handle it yourself. Talk to your team, whatever it is. You don't like stand up in the locker room and say, you know what? Who talked to the athletic? Who's got a problem with me? This is my team. Keep your brother from uh, having a laundry list. Put that up on the whiteboard in your own house. Boston leads the Dodgers right now 5-3, top of the seventh. Nobody out. Jock Peterson up. We got more on this game coming up next and the most bizarre NFL story of the day. I promise, Fox. If my numbers come up, I'm just going to say blank you, blank you, blank you, and walk out. You'll never see me again. If I win Mega Millions, I, I am just walking out. You'll never see. Wait, way to think of the team until I buy the Mets. I'm you a sir really, now. You have to salute me on the so, way out. Sorry, Sir Frostburg. <laughs> yes. If I went and we're getting the numbers any minute now. Really said a lot about you right there. I, I, you'll I never you. see me again. You'll never see me again. Really, you know, we're not worth 1.6 billion dollars to you. I might finish the show out. I might finish the show. Yeah, I might finish the show tonight. And then, and then, then, then you'd never see me again. No, we'd actually throw you out, Uncle Phil style, like you were Jazzy <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to hear a funny story is that uh, a Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, updates you on the World Series coming up in a couple of seconds. But yes, the rest of the world waiting for the publishing of the Mega Millions numbers as the drawing is taking place right now. We'll give you the numbers as soon as, uh, as, soon as we get them. We'll give you the numbers. But there's a friend of mine that worked at ESPN when I was there as a production assistant and a, and a producer back in the early 90s. And everybody said the same thing, that if I ever win the lottery or if I ever uh, quit on my last day, I'm going to ask to prompt the show, to be the prompter. Okay. And and he said, and, and this became a an urban legend that, you know, if people who were going to leave, would they do it? Like this one guy said, and everybody's like, oh, this thing, this thing. I'm going to ask to prompt the final show. And, you know, prompt, you have an electric... Uh, you know, an electronic button you, you push, and, and 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 everybody, you know, the talent reads the words as they come up. Everybody knows what a prompter is. And I'm going to ask to prompt, and they're going to start the show, and they're going to start talking, and they're going to be reading off prompter, and I'm just going to turn the prompter up to its highest setting so the words just go by really fast on the screen, and the anchors don't know what they're saying, and they start fumbling, looking down, and I'm going to walk in front of the camera, and I'm going to flip the middle finger off to everybody as I walk and I leave the studio for the last time. <laughs> As you tell that story, you just flip me off. Well, no, I just had to show what the story was. That's good. And, and, and that began once the one person said that, Rick Rogers, that's who said it. Great name, Rick Rogers, right? He quit, but he didn't do that on his last day. But since he said that, everybody was like, oh, my last day, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Nobody ever did it. But at some point, that someone's going to ask to prompt on their last day, and they're going to Scroll that thing up and walk in front of the cameras and flip everybody off. That's like a that's like a big urban legend at ESPN. Well, there you go. Because in the end, all they can do is verify your dates of employment. Now, if there's video of you flipping off the camera, there's well, really not a whole lot I can do to help you there. Well, he, but generally, when you're going to the next job, unless you got blank you money, uh, that is gonna it's gonna come up as to just dates of employment. You can't you can't say, well, I fired him because now it could go through the grapevine. What guy did, but. You know, in terms of HR, there's only so much they can do. Yeah, but the big thing is you, you won't you won't you won't get your last check. That's the one thing you're, you're not getting your last check. Well, you shouldn't need it. You know, you know, if you're gonna do that move, I don't need it. If you're gonna do well, that yeah, move, then you you, you, you won, better not need it. If you've won the Mega Millions, then yeah, sure, you don't you're not gonna need it. But if you're just quitting to go someplace else, okay. Well, maybe you don't either. Maybe you just decided, hey, I don't. By the way, bases loaded here, one out, top of seven. Manny Machado yeah. stepping into the batter's box. Machado with the bases loaded, one out. He's got eight grand slams 
in his major league career, nobody on yep. the Dodgers has more at-bats at Fenway than Manny Machado, 5-3, top of the seventh. Dodgers trying to poke through and tie this game or more one out as the Dodgers are now even deeper into the Red Sox bullpen. Great job by Grandal in the prior at bat. 0 for 9 with runners on this postseason. Watched a couple of pitches in the dirt and well, wisely laid off. Pitches he's been swinging at throughout the postseason. Uh, Machado just swung at the first pitch and hit a sacrifice fly to center field. His third RBI of the night. The Red Sox will take it. As now the Dodgers have runners at first and second, two outs, now down 5-4 in the top of the seventh inning. And I believe the Dodgers are now out of bench players, right? Frostburg, are they out of – it's the seventh inning, they're out of bench players? That's correct. With Randall hitting there, their bench is now empty. Ooh, you had Muncy pinch hit. All of that worked out. He got a hit and scored a run. Grandal pinched hit. He walked. Bellinger pinch hit has moved into center field. Yep. And now Jock Peterson pinch hit. Could be a big deal when this game so, gets to the seventh hour yeah. and the 14th inning. Wait, wait till Kenley Jansen is playing right field and pitching. He's going to pitch. He's going to rest. A little Bugs pitch, Bunny kind of uh, effort going on there. I like that. Uh, so we're in a pitching change. The Red Sox go into their bullpen once again. Rodriguez looks like he is coming in for the Red Sox now. Again, they're up 5-4. Dodgers batting two outs in the top of the seven. Before you continue, here's from Jason Stark on his Twitter account. World Series Game 1s where neither starter went beyond four innings pitch. Tonight, obviously, Kershaw and Chris Sale. It happened back in 2004, Wakefield and Woody Williams. Before that, 1966, Dave McNally and Don Drysdale. There's three Mm. incidents, right? And then we have to go all the way back to 1923 when Wade Hoyt and Mule Watson. Oh, I had Wade Hoyt in fantasy that year. He yeah, was he had awesome. a big, big, big year. No question about it. Uh, so that's where we're at with the with uh, the Dodge and the Red Sox. You didn't even laugh when I said Mule. You said <laughs> Mule. The numbers are out. Up oh, here it is. You're winning Mega Millions numbers. One point six billion dollars. Mega. No, I actually have the numbers. I'm not gonna. <laughs> is this your final deal? I'm in, I'm gonna give, I gotta give I'm not gonna give fake ones. I don't want anybody to go, oh my god, I've won. No, you're gonna cause accidents, heart attacks, no. and other problems. Well, that was an episode of Reno 911 when when someone gave out fake lumbers and, and, and they all thought they win, they walked in and quit and they realized someone gave them fake numbers. Did they uh flip off the prompter I am, as they walked out? <laughs> I am giving you the real numbers. All right, let's go. One point six billion dollars, and I'm hoping Someone's finding out they're winning listening to us right now. Yeah, it was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> Sir Frostberg. <laughs> Here are your winning numbers. Your winning numbers are Tyrod Taylor. Five. Stop. All right. Five. Curtis Martin. 28. Mark McGuire's home run that put him past Roger Maris. 62. Stepping down, Mark McGuire. My average grade that I got in science, 65. That was minus. <laughs> no, I passed science. I mean, just barely. 65 was passing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the hell kind of school passing. was that? Sure. Oh, that's Syracuse. <laughs> Mark McGuire's home run total in his big year, 70. The mega ball is five. Can I do this one? Sure. The uh, estimated attendance all season long at, sh- at uh, City Field. Oh. <laughs> and the Mega Plier. The Mega Plier. The Mega Plier. Okay. 
was 3X. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. But those are your winning numbers. Five, Curtis Martin, 62, <laughs> 65, 70. The Mega Ball is five, and the Mega Plier is 3X. If you win, you can take the $1.6 billion, spread it out, or you can take a cash option of $904 million. You can immediately go buy many sporting franchises. Well, don't don't right forget away. you didn't even give a number for sixty two. How about Super Bowl champion Mark Bortz? I said that, I said that was your that Chicago. Was the no, forget about Mark McGuire. Hit to pass. Yeah, but you used Mark McGuire twice. But you got a wealth of yeah, but you got a wealth of sports it's information. Sixty two and seventy. I'm sorry, I didn't mention Tom Thayer. I'm sorry, I didn't it's not get Tom that Thayer. In. It was Mark Bortz. <laughs> Mark Harmon Mark cut him Bortz. some slack. He's never counted that high. <laughs> Yes, it was Mark Bortz of Listen, your 85 Bears. Syracuse's offense, we we don't score. We have a great You're defense. Close. We don't score many more than 70 points in a Nicely game. Nicely done. So but, again, but it is a big day for Mark McGuire, so only appropriate you did name him twice as he steps down uh, as bench coach from the San Diego Padres. So once again, there are your numbers. 5, 28, 62, 65, 70. The Mega Ball is 5, and the Mega Plier is 3X. Hopefully someone has won. Hopefully it's me. If not, hopefully it's one of you. If not, I hope nobody wins. And then it goes on till next week where it could be like $3 billion. Then you, you really know, could buy a franchise. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that's my dad. My dad decided, oh, I got to go play Mega Millions. I go, why this week? Well, it's $1.5 billion. I go, when do you play the Mega Millions? Ah, gets up to about $300 million, Then I start playing. I go, oh, so under $300 million? He goes, no, 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 no. It's not, no, Reds, that's not worth getting out of bed for. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, thanks. So it gets to $300 million, Walt go out and he'll go play. He'll go play. Oh, got to go to the store again. But less two hundred ninety million. No, nope, don't need it. Nah, 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 nah. I'm, I'm good. Well, he's I'm a good. man of principle. Oh, okay, all right. I'm all right, Dad. Thanks. I, I saw that he took to bashing That's Clayton Kershaw in the first as well. So it was good to see everybody uh, with their poison pens out. We kind of created a monster with my dad. He's really enjoying Ask Walt so Ask much. Walter. He's throwing all these hot takes on. He does. The Red Sox get out of the jam in the seventh, allowing just a run. Rodriguez comes in and gets Cody Bellinger to fly out to shallow center field. Second time, Bellinger has come up with runners in scoring position, and he has flied out shallow to the outfield. So we go to the bottom of the seventh. The Red Sox lead the Dodgers 5-4, pitching for Los Angeles. Urias is through one inning. Probably he will come out again. Uh, but it's unsure yet. As soon as that comes up, we will make sure to bring you that story. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. It is the Jason Smith Show, and he is my best friend, Mike Harmon. So, really quick, we're going to get to this story because we're going to spend some time on this coming up next. But I got a great story on it. Maybe you saw this story today surrounding Broncos backup quarterback Chad Kelly. Kelly, who was arrested. Just got arrested. (laughs) He did. Nice job, tight shirt. Chad Kelly was arrested in a trespassing case. Yeah. After a couple reported that he came into their suburban house uninvited, sat down on their couch, mumbling incoherently. And wearing a cowboy outfit. Yes. How did he get out? Well, the the man of the couple uh, hit him with a stick. When they said, was it a stick? He said, no, it was a vacuum tube. So Chad Kelly walks into the house of people he doesn't know, mumbling incoherently. Guy hits him with a vacuum tube. Chad Kelly leaves and gets arrested. Now, this is like the third or fourth story in the last year 
surrounding athletes, radio personalities who find themselves and vacuum tubes that find themselves wandering into people's homes yeah. when they've had too much partying going on, whether it's too much to drink or whatever it is. Now, the other part, of the, the party itself, right? It's a Von Miller Halloween party, had a Western theme, mm-hmm. and, and it was reported erroneously. So whenever anybody tells you the gossip sites, don't get stuff wrong, look, they're always right. They, because Emmanuel Sanders was dressed up as Tyrone Biggums from Dave Chappelle's show, <laughs> yeah. it was suddenly a cocaine party. Right, right, right. It's so- like... A Halloween party, yes. Yeah. It was a Halloween Cocaine party. A hell of a I don't know how you wind up not in the house. I mean, I don't know if this house was really close, yeah. and he thought, <laughs> I went out for a walk, and I went back to the wrong house. Just, I, I don't know. It, was he in the right neighborhood? Like that, There's a million questions that I got out. on the bus. A quarterback gets on the bus. He gets off. He goes out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kelly's history is certainly being brought up today as Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, his connection is nephew of, of Jim Kelly. Uh, but certainly, this this took a lot. A lot of folks became comedians in a big, big hurry as this started to spread today. This has never happened to me, but I was with someone that, and I watched it kind of happen. You watched okay? it kind of yeah. happen. Here's the thing: you're going to have to explain this one. Here's the thing. Here, right, you know what? I'll save that story for next. Okay. Because it's it's a story that I think I may be more criminally responsible than stealing the mailbox. Oh, boy. Maybe a little bit more responsible for that. Well, that's what you call a tease. I didn't take anything. (laughs) But But you didn't stop anything. No, but I... I, Well, this would make you uh, an accessory after the fact. But let's go. (laughs) We'll have that story coming up next as well as the beginning of the Chad Kelly era (laughs) in Denver. Right now, Boston. Over the Dodgers, 5-4. We are beginning the bottom of the seventh inning. Nobody out, nobody on. Urias still in for the Dodgers. That story and more on this coming up next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. We're live from the Geico Studios. Bottom of the seventh inning. In a game that's well over three hours old, Pedro Baez is in. 99-mile-an-hour fastball, and that gets the first out of the inning for the Dodgers. Dodger fans were going, no, 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 Pedro Baez. All right, good, good, good. I got him going on a rising fastball. A leadoff seeing-eye double for the Red Sox. Runner at second, nobody out, but Baez gets the big strikeout. One out now as the Red Sox continue to bat here in the seventh, clinging to a 5-4 to four lead. Uh, intentional walk right now, so it's going to be first and second for the Red Sox. Uh, Dodgers trying to set up the double play, obviously, with this. Again, one out, bottom of the seventh, Pedro Baez in for the Dodgers. So we talked a few minutes ago about the Chad Kelly situation. Yeah, buddy. Broncos backup quarterback who was arrested over the weekend, trespassing because after leaving – Von Miller's Halloween party, which had a cowboy theme to it. He walked into the wrong house at 1 o'clock in the morning, sat down on the couch, mumbling to himself. It was a couple, and they had a young baby with them. And he sat down on the couch, and the man picked up a vacuum tube, hit Chad Kelly with it. Chad Kelly left the house and then got arrested. Now, before we get to the fun part of this, let's realize Chad Kelly could have wound up dead. No, that's you right. Know, I mean, you walk There's into There's a lot of bad house, things that can Nobody happen. knows who you are. It's and, and I'm here, and it's my wife and my child. I don't know who you are or what's going on. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, he's very lucky he didn't wind up getting injured even worse than that. I mean, really, he could have wound up dead. Someone, What if it's somebody, hey, stand your ground law. You know, a guy came into the house and I shot him. I mean, really, you have to, you right. have to be so careful with that. But obviously, you know, walking into someone's house in a drunken stupor, in all of my drunken stupors in my life, I have never done that. Never walked into the never, wrong dorm room? Nope. As a freshman or sophomore? Nope. Now You never handed out hats at the wrong address? No, I, I never did. <laughs> now, before I get to my story. You're walking around with a box of hats, you get a hat. Before, you got to listen to the whole show. Before I get to my story, <laughs> yeah, uh, it did happen. It happened to my best friend, and in, in the story I'm going to have, I may be- So it happened to Harmon? I may be criminally liable. No, no. My best friend in high school- I may be criminally liable. Yeah. That's what you yeah, call yeah, a yeah, tease yeah. in the radio business. I, mean, I don't know. It's been a long time. Uh, but- my best friend, this was New Year's Eve in the early 90s, and my best friend and I went with a couple of other our friends to, to Times Square for New Year's Eve. And if you've never done that, try to do it. It's a bucket list thing. The energy in the city is amazing. And so we go, we go to this bar. It was awesome. There was this guy came out. He said he, he, said he was homeless, but every, every New Year's Eve he rents a tuxedo, and he comes in with a tuxedo, and they let him play on stage, and he's playing the bass, and he's playing this crazy-ass solo. The bar's going nuts. I mean, it was, it was an absolutely nuts night. And we wound up staying at one of my friend's sister's places. So we all finish at the bar, you know, 4 or 5 in the morning, and we go to my friend's sister's place. We're all sleeping on the floor. And it's one of those New York places where there's no uh, bathroom in the in the apartment because it's like a big studio, and the people who lived on the floor shared a bathroom in the middle of the floor. It's like three units on the floor. Yeah, you just use the balcony, yeah. Right. Sure. So, so it's a bathroom that's a communal bathroom that the three apartments use, and there's a shower and there's a bathroom there. So the next morning, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, and I wake up, and my best friend was sleeping like right next to me on the couch, and he's not there. And I go, oh, is everybody up? Whatever. And I go up, everybody else is sleeping. And so people start waking up, and you know, I don't know where my best friend is, and someone goes to the bathroom and back and said, no, Carrie's not in the bathroom. I go, really? He goes, no, he's not. I'm like, Wow, okay, I don't know where he is. Jason. I go, his clothes are all here because his clothes are all next to the couch. So now he's naked and so gone. Now, this sounds a lot like the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're like, where is he? Was there a tiger? Tiger in the yeah, bathroom? No, no, no tiger in the bathroom. So we're like, where is he? Now it's like noon. I don't know where he is. And and I'm like, I'm going to be the one to have to call his parents and say he's missing, but his clothes are next to the couch. So we don't know what to do. Like twenty minutes later, he comes walking into the he comes running into the uh the apartment right. just in his underwear. He All goes, right. Oh my god, I'm so cold, I'm so cold, I'm so cold. We're like, what did you get kidnapped? You're out in this cause you know it's New Year's Eve. Sure. Are you, what happened? What happened? And he goes, I, I don't know, I don't know. And we come in, he puts a blanket on him, we're like, Are you okay? Are you okay? He goes, All right, all right, all right, all right. And we're like, All right, and he finally tells the story. He says, He got up in the middle of the night and had to go to the bathroom uh-huh. and he was so hammered. That apparently, he, he, he said, I don't know how it is, but I wound up on a different floor in this building. It's like a five-story building. And he walked in, and he fell asleep where he, where he thought was the the house, the, the apartment we were staying at. Except it was a vacant apartment upstairs, and he's been sleeping for the past, like, five hours in the cold with no heat on on the floor of a vacant apartment. So that's why he was so cold, and he comes in in his underwear. He just had his underwear on, and he goes, I don't know where I was. I don't know where I was so scared. I thought you guys had, you know, sold furniture and stuff and left, and I didn't know where I was. I thought I was going to be dead. That doesn't sound like the reaction on alcohol. No. Uh, 
scenario. Well, what else you got going on in these parties you uh, were having well, in New York? Yeah, it's in New York. Yeah, City and I'd party. like to apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I said balcony, I meant fire escape. Oh, okay. Yeah, fire escape. You no balcony. Sir Frostberg. <laughs> so that happened to my. So it did happen to him. That's the closest ever happened to me. Again, me. I never went into a house that I didn't know I was going into. But you okay. have stolen a mailbox. Except, that is true. Except for this one time. This is my freshman year at Syracuse. And this was the first girl I liked after starting there as a freshman. How okay. many hats? How uh, many hats are we talking? No hats like, if we were going to go on a hat scale, is, oh, uh, one oh, hat is, this is not I'm a, kind of into her, and five is, uh, I'm deeply in love and let's see. No, I like in a crazy college, college kind of. If Amazon were around back then, how many would you have shipped to her? Oh, probably two or three Oh, hats. the ships. Nicely the, done. Two or three hats, probably. Getting you to the ship. That's pretty so, damn good. Th- so, two or three hats. So, this is the first girl that I like because we bonded, like, over uh, softball and baseball. She was a baseball fan. She played softball in high school and everything. And I, we met. I'm like, oh, she's pretty cool. So we go to this party, not together, but you know, we we I see her there and everything. She's like, oh, so we're kind of talking on and off all, as, as the night's going and everything. I'm like, oh, cool. So then it's probably about one or two in the morning, and the party's starting to break up a little bit. And I'm going, all right, you know, and we're just partying, all having a good time. And I catch her. She catches my eye across the room, and she mouths to me, "Don't leave." And I'm like. Oh, this is great. Oh, don't leave. She's the off. kid is right. in. This is it. All right, I'm on the board. So, yes. She says, don't leave. I said, and I nod like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my friends are all going, we're going back to the dorm. What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I'm staying. The kids got game now. You know, I just, I played enough beer pong with you guys. And I'm just, you know, the kid's going to stay. So I the stay. Kid. And we leave. And she goes, oh, you want to walk back to the dorm? I said, yeah, sure. No problem. So. We're walking back, and she goes, you know what? I just have to stop at where my friend is right now. i got to get something. And I said, okay, sure. So we walk by, and we walk by this apartment building where there's like five of the same units. And I said, okay. And I, I said, I said where, where is she? And she goes, uh, oh, one of these ones. I, I, I forget. Oh, you didn't fall for this, did so you? So she oh, goes up. Oh, no. She tries the first door locked. Yeah. She tries the second door locked. He fell for tr- it. Tries the third door, and it's open. And she walks in. Yeah. And I walk in behind her. No. And there's like... Five people just passed out in the living room. Oh, okay. Just completely passed I out. I really thought you were going to say five people with pipes waiting to beat you. No, as you no, 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 no. Five no, vacuum no. hoses. No, no. <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> I told you not to bother me when I'm cleaning my room. You know, this is back when Jim Kelly was the quarterback of the Bills. How about so there that? was that. So she walks in, and I said, oh, this must be the room. And she walks in, and she picks up something off next to somebody else, and she grabs something else, and she grabs something else, and she goes, okay. Okay, we're good. So I go, okay, great. So we leave. We're walking back to the dorm room, and she's going through stuff, and, and I, she might show me what it was. And I said, I said, oh, did you get what you're supposed to get? She goes, oh, I think so. And I said, well, wasn't that where your, your friend was? She goes, no, I didn't see her in there. And I said, well, what'd you get? She goes, well, I got stuff that was on the, on, on the table. I said, but, but is that yours? Or, or is that? She goes, it's, it's just stuff I needed. And I, I said, yeah, but did you know those people? Wow. Did you know those people? She goes, yeah, no, it, but my friend wasn't there. My friend wasn't there. So now I'm like, okay, I think she just walked into a, a, a building and stole stuff. How about now, that? I don't know. But now I'm like, suddenly I'm like, oh, the kid's out now. I'm out. I'm out. I got to be out. You, you weren't excited out. by the turn of illegality? So I go back. So we go back to the we go back to the dorm room and and you know kind of say and she was like now at this point was like more interested in what she had than me. So I'm like okay, you know what this this is a good 
time to leave things. So I leave and I tell my friend the story. Like, what was it she take? Was it drugs? Was it I go, I don't know. She wouldn't show me. It could have been somebody's finger. <laughs> I don't know. So that's the one thing that happened to me there. How about that? That's kind of like that. If you have uh, any information <laughs> as to what the contents were that were stolen by Jason Smith and his accomplice, please let us know. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Well, we're going to the eighth inning in Boston, and the Dodgers have a lot of work to do. Deb Carson's going to tell you what's trending right now, and it ain't Alex Wood. I'll tell you that much. And DC. Not in a good way. No, there were two on for the Red Sox. Alex Wood comes in to pitch for the Dodgers, pitching to Nunez, who proceeds to hit a three-run bomb over the Green Monster. So the Red Sox now with an 8-4 lead over the Dodgers, bottom of the seventh inning. Actually, they're headed to the top of the eighth inning now. So again, it's an 8-4 lead now for Boston over the Dodgers in Game 1 of the World Series. In NBA action, Anthony Davis with 34 points, 13 rebounds as the Pelicans beat the Clippers 116-109. New Orleans improves to 3-0. So do the Pistons. They edge the Sixers in overtime 133-132. Blake Griffin with a career-high 50 points, 14 rebounds. So Detroit 3-0. Philly falls to 2-2. And the Nuggets held off the Kings 126-112. Denver is now 4-0. Sacramento falls to 1-3. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. NFL News, the Giants traded cornerback Eli Apple to the Saints for a 2019 fourth-round pick and a 2020 seventh-round pick. And a big ruling today by an arbitrator... He ruled in favor of the Bengals in a grievance filed against the team by Panther safety Eric Reed. The arbitrator ruled that the Bengals were within their rights to ask Reed if he would continue to kneel for the national anthem if he signed with the team. Thank you, DC. You bet. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more information, visit geico.com. Well, we could look back at game one and see the tipping point of this game being the seventh inning. The Dodgers load the bases with one out. They come away with one run. Meanwhile, the bottom of the inning, the Red Sox blow it open. A big three-run homer. Nunez pinch hits and goes deep. He had 10 home runs during the regular season, but the biggest of his career right now has given the Red Sox an 8-4 to lead. Dodgers will be coming up. The Red Sox bullpen has not been great tonight, but it's been better than the Dodger bullpen. Really... When you look at starting pitching, bullpen tonight's not been that kind of night, but clearly the Red Sox have gotten more clutch hits. It's really more about clutch hits because the Dodgers have had chances. Bellinger's made two outs with runners in scoring position. He's he's batted twice. When you have bases loaded, one out, you got to come away with more than one run. I know Machado's driven in three runs tonight, but you know that's such a huge out. You'll take that that pop up. Uh, Earlier in the game, the Red Sox got a run because they beat out a double play ball, and so a run was able to cross the plate. When it's come to timely hitting, the Red Sox have done it tonight. The Dodgers have not. Get them on, get them over, get them in. In this case, the Nunez home run didn't have much of a launch angle to it, just enough to clear the 37. It's like it doesn't count. It's no launch angle, so it doesn't count. Line drive, you're like, all right, is that going to hit the wall? Is that going to hit the monster? No, it barely clears it, and we're talking about a three-run pinch hit home run as Alex Wood comes in. Another case of, all right, let's go to the pen and let's do the the flop and, and make sure we get every arm in and try to play every statistical advantage we can, and it comes back to, to backfire. You saw Baez, after the intentional walk, got back-to-back strikeouts and then gets lifted for Wood, uh, and Nunez promptly deposits the three-run homer. 
Red Sox tonight, four for 12 with runners in scoring position. The Dodgers, one for seven. Machado single, the only base hit. So, Dodgers batting in the top of the eighth inning and in a move that'll make Yankee fans everywhere proud. My dad is going to have a conniption. Nathan Eovaldi is in, in the eighth inning for the Red Sox as they try to hold on to this lead. Likely will give it over to Kimbrell in the ninth inning, but Eovaldi is in right now. He is the sixth pitcher uh, of the night for Boston in the postseason, a sub-two ERA, five strikeouts per walk. Uh, Dodgers, same old story. You, you get runners on, and then you don't get the big hit unless you're you're looking for the, the home run, which came in the last round. Can't bank on it here. Uh, so, again, uh, Dodgers batting top of the eighth inning, but it is eight to 8-4 Boston with a very comfortable lead. Still within a slam. They're within a slam. You know, uh, you know, you get a couple of bloops and a walk and a blast. And yeah, a all we need is Paul Canerco. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to text him right now. Call him now. Uh, one bit of update to bring you, because this is very important. You found what was uh, stolen? No, no. You and your uh, thieving was, buddy? <laughs> her, name was, uh, her name was Val something, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was Val. Are you yeah, are you just yeah, thinking about nine hundred two one zero and Valerie Malone? No, 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 no. It wasn't Valerie because no, uh, no. you know uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen no. used to take stuff as Valerie Malone with some regularity. Name Kilmer. No, no, but I, no, I will say this: I, I I like Kelly Kapowski, but when she started doing nine hundred two zero, I was like, whoa, next level, Tiffany right Amber there, right? Thiessen, next level, absolutely. Uh, we do know this because normally when someone hits a big Powerball number or Mega Millions, it usually comes from one of the most populated states because they have more people, they're playing the numbers. One thing we do know, the Mega Millions drawing tonight, $1.6 billion. Yep. No one matched the winning numbers in California. How about that? Nobody in California is going to win all the Mega Millions. So we have to keep working, is what you're saying? Yeah, uh, you yeah. mean i got to finish the show? Yeah. So Sir Frostberg us... is going to have to keep working yeah. his first night back here. Yeah, and Frostberg's going to hit the wall in like 20 minutes. Like, as soon as the game is over, he's going to be like, I'm done. I've been on jet lag back from London. I'm done. i got to go home. Well, I mean, the game is going to be at four hours here pretty soon. It is. I mean, look, that's the one thing is that... It's great for us, though. It's yeah. No, no, fantastic. I ain't complaining. No, not at all. But you have to realize now that you are at a game that is now... Three and a half hours old, and we are in the top of the eighth inning. Top of the eighth inning for a game that is three and a half hours old. And I understand the moving around, and I get the you know the the moving in with and and going to more relief pitchers and how that. I I understand all of that, but there's got to be some way to make it move just a tick faster than this. I mean, I'm not saying you got to keep everybody in the in the batter's box after every pitch, but there's got to be some way that things go a little bit faster. Well, it is interesting that it's this long a game. In a game started by Chris Sale, yeah. who is the poster child for, okay, I got the ball back, I'm firing it back <laughs> in, and, and let's just keep this going, that machine. But got got his pitch count up early, finished throwing 91 pitches, only 55 for, or 54 for strikes uh, in his four innings of work. Did have seven strikeouts, but they certainly extended counts and made him work for every bit of it. Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. Coming up next, we'll have more on this game. Again, Red Sox lead the Dodgers 8-4, one out, bottom of the, uh, top of the eighth inning. Make it two outs, top of the eighth inning. But also straight ahead to spit or not to spit. Believe it or not, we have new developments 
of Rajon Rondo, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram spit suspension gate. That's coming up next right here, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. As we sit right now, Red Sox lead the Dodgers 8-4 as Boston bats in the bottom of the eighth inning. At the very worst, Boston will take a four-run lead to the ninth inning. And the one big question now, the big moment of the game, and what's going to have to be answered a lot, is Dave Roberts taking Pedro Baez out and bringing in Alex Wood in the seventh inning. Alex Wood comes in. Baez had pitched well, had a couple of strikeouts. He's throwing 99. It's looking pretty good, Pedro Baez. I mean, Sir Frostberg is just losing his mind over this. Uh, and, and many Dodger fans who, over the course of the year, were not very kind to Baez upon his entry to games. <laughs> now no, it's here they never wanted to see He's been great. And what happens? Devers comes out because Alex Wood comes into the game. Nunez comes up, and Alex Wood gives up a three-run homer to him that pushes the 5-4 lead to 8-4. to four. This is falls under the category of not so much. I, I don't want to say overmanaging. You could say because, it. no, no. It's because it's more than that. It's playing. It, it's playing a game that's really dangerous in the playoffs because look at what both teams are doing here. All right, the Red Sox are now on their sixth pitcher. The Dodgers are on their fifth pitcher. And I get wanting to move guys out, and this is what analytics say, and we should do this, and we should do this, and we should do this. But one thing that that strips it all away is that eventually, if you go to the bullpen, you will find the guy who it's not his night. And that's what the Dodgers did. They They found Alex Wood. It was not his night. That's really what the Red Sox are hoping to avoid, but this is how it goes, is that eventually you're going to find the guy it's not his night. Now, it might not be Kimbrell's night if he comes in the night, but at this point, it's 8-4 to four and not 5-4. to four. But at this point... You'll find that guy. Well, you're going to the pen. You're bringing in a starter in a situation he's not used to. Baez, for all of the troubles he'd had earlier in the year, September and October, 11 appearances, .9 ERA, and he's throwing smoke. Back-to-back strikeouts. You got to let him finish that inning. You got to let him finish that inning and not overmanage. You, you could bring out bring out Wood the next inning. Let him start fresh. No runners on like you would a first inning of a game. But bringing him in in that type of situation very dangerous. And Dave Roberts got burned. I mean, that's going to be the big question after the game. If the Dodgers don't score a run, you can say, "All right, well, they still only had four, but it's a different game. It's a different game when it's five-four as a different game when it's eight to four." And certainly that's a very big thing because, look, as you said, the starting pitcher comes in in the middle of an inning. You're not knowing what he's waiting for. You're knowing Nunez coming off the bench. What is he waiting for? He got what we liked off of Alex Wood. He went and golfed it, too. It wasn't an awful pitch. I mean, he went down and got it and and pulled it and jerked it over the wall. Uh, It it wasn't a, a terrible pitch by Wood, but still with the way Baez was throwing, 
just yeah. didn't make sense. It's a lot slower than the Heat. Well, Baez was throwing. Sure. I mean, Baez was throwing hard. And and that's the thing is that Baez only thrown 10 pitches. And the lefty-righty thing and everything we go through in that yeah. regard as well, right? That's going to be some big explaining for Dave Roberts following the game. Uh, Boston's got a runner at first, one out, as they bat in the bottom of the eighth inning again. They lead it 8-4. to four. So believe it or not, we have another update on Spitgate Day 4. Oh, good. It just doesn't die. Saturday. You still got Ingram saying, I got off it only four. Uh, He's mocking the NBA. The suspensions that came out after the brawl at Staples Center between the Rockets and the Lakers on Saturday continues to to make headlines because, yes, Brandon Ingram got a four-game suspension. John Rondo got three for spitting on Chris Paul and then starting a fight with a haymaker. Chris Paul got two games, put his finger in Rondo's face, and you think we're past it now, but no. Today, Rondo talked again about what happened during that back and forth, and he said about Chris Paul, he said, Chris is not a good guy. He's not a good teammate. Everybody thinks he is, but look at what happened when he tried to break in the locker room with the Clippers (laughs) last year. He's not a good teammate. Rondo also went on to say, I didn't spit at him. No, I didn't. Luke Walton said he didn't spit. I didn't spit. I didn't spit. Let's put this to bed. The first part is the spitting. He spit at him. He did. The film, and there's many videos you can see online. It was one of those clandestine, like, I'm going to spit at you without without making it obvious that I'm doing it. It was one of those, yeah, yeah. He tried to spit, not in his face, but he spit on his jersey. In your face. And it was one of those where I tried to do it where people don't see it. And you can see Chris Paul react to it, and that's when he put his finger in Rajon Rondo's face. So he spit at him. Yeah. He spit at him. I don't know if Rondo's convinced himself that, you know, it didn't happen or he wasn't aware that he did it because I was unconscious. Well, but it is the old Costanza. It's not lying if you believe it's true. Spit- <laughs> or as Homer Simpson would say, it takes two to lie, one to lie, and one to listen. That is true, too. So he spit. You can see it. But about Chris Paul, I agree with him. Chris Paul has always been overrated from a basketball perspective because he's a really good player right up until you need him the most. And then he either plays badly in the playoffs or gets injured. And that's what's going to happen with the Rockets this year. Last year they had a chance. Chris Paul was great. What happened? When they needed him the most, he got hurt. Missed game six, missed game seven against the Warriors. The Warriors win both those games. Likely the Rockets take at least one of those games because James Harden is not exhausted from having to bring the ball up all 48 minutes both nights. But that's Chris Paul. But being a great teammate, yeah. I mean, we got to see Chris Paul up close for a long time. Well, and we, how much we've been hearing that for there? years. How yeah. much disharmony was that with, with, with the Clippers? That they didn't get along, they didn't like each other. That Chris Paul and Blake didn't get along. And then DeAndre Jordan, that we all knew. We all knew this was the case. But <laughs> the only safe place for him was the banana boat. That's, That's why LeBron James grabbed him to save him. But this really, who is Chris Paul is? He is lucky in that he enjoys a great reputation. And certain players, that happens and you can't explain it, but they just have a better reputation than other players do, no matter what they do. Well, and that's no matter what Rondo does. No no matter what Rondo does, he's got a bad reputation. No matter what, if you're right, wrong about it, Rajon Rondo, bad reputation. No one's going to believe him. Chris Paul, good reputation. Well, and that's the thing, is that Rondo, how many people over the course of the day, former teammates and executives and whatever, came out and said, yeah, Rondo's one of the best teammates I ever had. Now, take Dallas aside, that was just a mess. But for the rest of his career, that was the guy that everybody loved. And, look, the veterans in, in Boston, everybody's got their their issues with how that all went down. Because we can tell more tales of the 
the Boston Celtics, if you want, uh, Jason. I know that's your favorite team uh, to talk about of, of recent memory. But we've been hearing about the Chris Paul dynamic here in Los Angeles. He and he and DeAndre Jordan for years. So this is no this is no surprise. And Blake Griffin, who had fifty points tonight. Sorry, I, I uh, figured we needed to get it in again. It'd been a while. Worst night for mentioned. Blake Griffin. Well, I scored fifty, and nobody cares. This game one of the World Series. Yeah, we celebrate him oh, for a moment, okay. and, and then we move on. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome phone number 877-99 on Fox 877-996-6369 we're heading to the top of the ninth inning it's going to be last licks for the Dodgers they trail the Red Sox 8-4 to Alex Wood giving a three-run homer to Nunez who came in to pinch hit when Dave Roberts went to the bullpen to get Pedro Baez who had pitched pretty well yeah we'll be breaking this one down Throughout the rest of the show. I know we're never going to get that highlight because no, Frostburg isn't going to allow it. So coming up next, we have more on this and another big story from the NFL. This Sir is Fox. Sorry, Sir Frostburg. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, five-second guitar solo. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. Right now, Red Sox lead the Dodgers 8-4. to The Dodgers, their last at-bats in the top of the ninth inning. Craig Kimbrell in for the Red Sox. And before we get to the big Dave Roberts complete questioning of, of what he did with his bullpen, I don't know that I would bring Kimbrell in here if, if, if I'm Alex Cora. I get game one of the World Series, you're at home, you bring in your closer to, clo- to close things out. But Kimbrell is someone who gets hit an awful lot for a closer, and he has been very uneven. I want the Dodgers to see him as little as possible in this series if I'm Alex Cora. I don't want the Dodgers to see him to have any kind of confidence or any kind of, hey, maybe something could happen, or they they see him tonight for four or five batters, we're good, we're going to see him tomorrow night when maybe his He's got a mile or two off his fastball because uh, he pitched tonight. You got a four-run lead, and you know Eovaldi pitched well. You know, I I don't know that I would have quote burned Kimbrel tonight for those reasons. If well, you already like had him pitch you know, an inning, pitch two. Yeah, if it's, just have Eovaldi yeah. finish the game. If it's Kenley Jansen, if it's whatever, if it, but Kimbrel has had problems, and if you let the Dodgers see him here for however many at bats it is, then they're more comfortable seeing him when they see him later on in the series. And tomorrow, when you may need him, when you may really need him, uh, you know, maybe he throws a lot of pitches tonight, whatever it is, he's not as fresh, he's not throwing as hard as normal because he pitched tonight. I just it's, If it was a two-run game, I get it, but it's a four-run game. You can go to him in the ninth inning. He's a reliever that's come in in the middle of the ninth inning many times before. It's okay. You can go to him if you need him. I don't know that I would have used him here. Yeah, I think as we, we look at the, the way they've used pitchers tonight, I mean, we've gone seven deep. Boston, you got five for the Dodgers, uh, and we'll be talking about the Alex Wood insertion here for quite a while uh, as this night goes on. But bringing in Kimbrel here, Ivaldi pitched a clean eighth inning, sixteen pitches, ten strikes. You already had him warm; he's already in a in a groove. You know, it's it's a moot point at this point uh, for Game One as as Kimbrel finishes things off, but did throw fourteen pitches in the process. And as Mike Harmon just said, it has been finished off. 
the Red Sox take game one of the World Series. They beat the Dodgers by the final of 8-4. Kershaw takes a loss. Barnes, who came in for Chris Sale, gets the win. He is now 2-0 in these playoffs. Clayton Kershaw falls to 2-2. Matt Barnes came out swinging. He came out swinging. And he did a great job in his inning of work. Look, it was one hit, one strikeout. He tried to do the whole fake thing on Kobe. Kobe didn't fall for it, and he yep. still pitched pretty well. Didn't he still flinch. pitched pretty well. No question. Well, Kobe, Kobe doing the uh, late night talk show circuit. Not to get out of the baseball world too much, but since we brought him up, he's in. But for the Red Sox, seven pitchers. Uh, Chris Sale only lasted four innings, seven strikeouts, ninety-one pitches. They did a good job of extending him. Did the Dodgers, uh, but minimal damage. Only three earned runs trying to get themselves back in the game. Kershaw leaves uh, and gives up five earned. Matson not able to hold those runners on base. Now let's get to it. We'll get back to Kimbrell and using him. And look, 14 pitches tonight. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Again, I wouldn't want the Dodgers to see Kimbrell too many times here in the World Series. But Eric but, Gagne fixed him. Yes, and yeah, Eric Gagne. The Dodgers go, really? Game over? Really, Eric Gagne? The game came down to this at bat. In the seventh inning, the Dodgers had cut the Red Sox lead to 5-4. Bases loaded with one out. They get a run. They needed to get more at that point, obviously. Manny Machado sacrifice fly, got the fourth run in, but the Red Sox will take that all day long. Bellinger pops out, and the inning ends 5-4. But now it's even closer because a 5-3 lead that looked big for the Red Sox now, this bullpen trying to do it for three more innings, it's a one-run game, becomes a little bit more difficult. In the bottom of the seventh inning, Julio Urias starts the inning for the Dodgers, and he gives up a double. It, was, it wasn't a hard-hit pitch. It was kind of a seeing-eye double, and Dave Roberts right out, went to the bullpen, goes to Pedro Baez. Baez, who has pitched very well. He has gone from being the scourge of the Dodgers, who every time he came in, everybody wanted to start sucking down Maalox like it was Tums, or Tums like, well, like it was a candy dish. Baez comes in, and what does he do? He pitches, and he deals. Runner at second, nobody out, and Baez comes in, Throwing 99 miles an hour. And <laughs> no, when when Baez is throwing 99, uh, Sir Frostberg is right. Sir Frostberg is angry. Of that for, for he is angry, as is Dodger Nation right now. Baez comes in and an intentional walk to Martinez for first and to put runners at first and second right. instead of the double play. He strikes out Moreland, he strikes out Xander Bogerts, and he's only thrown 10 pitches. And Baez is throwing terrifically. Dave Roberts comes out to change to go to Alex Wood. Why is he going to Alex Wood? Well, Devers is coming up for the Red Sox, and he wants to bring in lefty Alex Wood, lefty Devers. All Cora was going to do was pinch hit Nunez. Nunez comes up to face Alex Wood, and here was the outcome of that at bat. Big Fox, Joe Buck on the call, and that was basically it for the Dodgers. The three-run homer by Nunez gives them an 8-4 lead, and that is your final score. Here's why it was right to first guess Dave Roberts about making this move. He knows that if he goes to the bullpen and he brings in Alex Wood, this is a, this is a big moment in the game. You got two on, and you just scored a run. It's a big moment. He's got to know 
that Cora is going to go to Nunez so he doesn't get the lefty-lefty matchup. All right? I'm going to go to Alex Wood to come in to face a lefty. Well, you know that most likely Cora is going to say, okay, well, Nunez is going to come up and you're going to get a lefty-righty matchup and I'm going to get the advantage. So if you have that situation, if you know that's going to be the outcome, why don't you stick with Pedro Baez, who has just pitched really well for the last couple batters he's faced? He's almost gotten you out of trouble. Yo, two strikeouts, big deal. Guy swinging and missing, trying to catch up to that fastball. It wasn't going to happen. And you go to a guy who's a starting pitcher who's not really come in a lot in the middle of innings before, so now he's got to come in outside his comfort zone and try to get an out. I just That's a head-scratcher. I mean, it, Dave Roberts has managed phenomenal in these playoffs, but, boy, I don't get what he was trying to do there. And it's not one of those cases where, oh, after the home run, this no, this was what was going on while he was doing it. Because you, we all said to each other, watch, going, Bias is doing why is Bias coming out? Bias is just dealing he just, tonight. He just motored motored through two batters. You had the strikeout of Moreland, then the intentional walk, then another strikeout. The the double was down the line and, and a play that was a difficult play for Jock Peterson to make. Ends up going into the crowd, whatever. You have the, the ground rule double off it. But you've got a guy who's throwing smoke, and you look at him going back to September. It's a tale of two seasons for Bias. Much different pitcher the last month, his 11 appearances, a sub-1 ERA strikeout rate through the roof. Let him finish the inning. Take your chances with a guy who's pitching well and is pitched in these situations. And that's the larger thing, is that Wood coming in, it's, it's not a, a normal relief spot for him where he's coming in the middle of an inning. Give him the clean ninth if you need to. But seemed even in the moment, as we were here live in the Geico Studios, uh, we were immediately raising the hand saying, what are, what are we seeing? Why is Dave Roberts going to the pen? You know, and, and here's the thing is that it's not like you did this because you know Martinez was coming up or Benintendi or Mookie Betts where you're going to get a right. You want, you want to try to get a righty-righty, lefty-lefty situation. And if you do that, they're not going to pinch hit for Mookie Betts. They're not right. going to pinch hit for Benintendi. They're not going to pinch hit for Martinez. That's just not going to happen. So you're going to get that righty-lefty. And those but, are guys that rake against anybody, right. so it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, you, but you know if you're going to make this move, you know what the outcome's going to be. Right. You know, And he came right out. It was almost like a phone call from the front office came down and said, hey, go get him. Like, this was not – this is Are not, you saying it was a spreadsheet there move? Was, there was no hesitation. There was no – Baez is coming out. Look, this is this is analytics, and this is why when we talk about analytics, and I tell you the same thing all the time, I love it. You need to be able to be well-versed in analytics and what you want to do with righty-lefty matchup, righty-righty matchups. you got to know that. I get it. This goes back to more basic things in baseball about getting a lefty-lefty matchup or a righty-righty matchup. I, I understand that part of it, but this is where, you know, hey, you can't just always manage or play games because this is what the math says you should do. Well, and you know there's a counter move coming immediately. Exactly. Right? It's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, not, it's not like you'd already seen Alex Cora exhaust his bench. Right, you're you're doing the math. There's still guys on the bench ready to pinch hit, and then you get neutralized in your effort to to get that pitcher hitter, you know, lefty righty righty lefty, whichever the it is, advantage. So it goes out the window, uh, and Nunez takes what was not an awful pitch from Alex Wood, but still no. goes down and gets it. If you can hit a home it. run off it, it's not that great. No, a pitch. well, <laughs> he went down and, and golf. No, but yeah. you guys golf home runs, and in this case. Uh, as it 
the launch angle was nothing that people would have been too excited about. You know, I it feel looked like, like it was going like, to be. I feel like, I feel like that. Ja- no, 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 that's me poking no, you no, in no. the eye. You're down on the home run because the launch angle wasn't great. That's, no, that's absolutely like, right. Like, that's not re- I don't really, like really, it. I, th- I thought it was coming off the I'm top of the wall. On. I thought we were going to get to see a great play out of left field <laughs> as he had a carom off the wall. And instead, it sailed just above the edge of the green monster, some 38 feet. Above the left field. Hey, I'm Mike Harmon. I don't count that as a home run because the launch angle wasn't good. So no, I me, just, it's, it's a 5-4 it, it final. Really, I, I just know how much it ticks you off with those those elements get added into the analysis. So I thought I'd do it just to uh, grind your gears. But you know, but that's the thing. Look, coming off the, the, the situation last night with Pat Shermer going for two points and saying the math says we should do it because it's a 60% chance and, and it's a – Whatever it is, it's like a 70% chance that you're going to get one of the two two-point conversions, which is ridiculous because each two-point conversion try is its own thing. It's, it's, it's completely separate. You can't say, well, we're going to get one of the two because the odds say it. No, every two-point conversion is completely separate and independent from the last one. Just because you didn't get the first one doesn't mean you have a better chance of getting the second one. It means you have the same chance of getting the second one as you had the first So. That's where that philosophy falls apart. We spent a lot of time on this last night talking about the analytics and how you have to have a measure of analytics and, hey, what's the best thing for this game? And the best thing for the game at that time was if you're losing the lefty-righty matchup, leave in your better reliever. Uh, really, I, 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 don't, I don't see how Dave Roberts pulled that off and, and can defend it afterwards. Well, I took it out and decided with that. I don't know how we're going to hear from him. I have to assume he goes how. Pat Shermer and just goes straight into an analysis oh, without being asked the question. Wow, that'd be awesome. Because Shermer went right into it yesterday. He goes, "We're not even going to wait for it. I'm just going. I'm going to let's talk about it." Swing game one in a three-hour, fifty-two-minute game. Hey, Boston, who's getting wild tonight? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Discover, my very first credit card. I'll tell you, I felt like a million bucks and I got a credit card. I was like, yeah, I got a credit card. What what are we going to do? Let's do everything. I got a credit card now. (laughs) Is that how you got into the uh, unlock that door to go take stuff with your friend? Uh, I did not take anything. (laughs) Did not take anything. She took stuff. I did not take anything. (laughs) The Red Sox take game one of the World Series. Eight to four over the Dodgers. Some questionable managerial decisions by Dave Roberts. Not the best outings for Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale. Joining us now to break it all down. MLB Network. Fox Sports 1 insider John Paul Morosi. JP, we got so many things to get to here, but let's start with the big decision we broke down a few minutes ago here. The big blow in this game struck by Eduardo Nunez with a pinch hit three-run homer in the seventh inning after Dave Roberts had taken Pedro Baez out of the game to bring in Alex Wood. Baez has come in and was throwing 99 miles an hour, had two strikeouts, had only thrown 10 pitches, Roberts comes out to get him in the seventh inning, brings in Alex Wood, a starting pitcher who comes in in the middle of an inning, and Alex Cora goes to his bench, brings in Eduardo Nunez, who will hit for Devers. He hits a three-run homer, and the game basically ends at that point. My question is this, something we talked about a few minutes ago. 
Dave Roberts has to know, I'm going to lose the lefty-lefty thing. If I bring in Alex Wood, then Alex Cora is going to pinch hit for Devers, and we're going to see Eduardo Nunez. We're going to see a right-handed batter. I'm not going to win the lefty-righty thing. So why don't I just stick with my pitcher who's throwing gas and Baez has been lights out the last month and a half rather than try to play the percentages that aren't going to go my way and I bring in a starting pitcher in the middle of an inning. Break that down for us. Well, a couple of things there, and, and you're right. It was it was a pivotal move. Uh, you look at the, the postseason, and and for a lot of reasons, Devers uh, earlier in the game had been effective, obviously uh, going one for two, and I think you wanted to try to find a way to, to force this move and get his bat out of the lineup. Devers this postseason has been a more effective hitter against righties than Nunez has been against lefties. Nunez's last playoff home run was six years ago in the last three postseasons for Nunez a 150 batting average so uh, I think to your to your point the Dodgers knew that that this was the move that was going to happen if you bring in Wood you're going to see Nunez and I think that candidly they liked that matchup better that they liked Wood against Nunez better than they liked uh, the existing matchup of Baez against Devers and uh, I think the analytics this is certainly an analytically driven move within a larger context of analytically driven moves in this postseason by every team that's involved. And um, it's always painful when you see your team, uh, a successful reliever is yanked out of the game, and then all of a sudden his replacement gives it up. But this was a matter of of the, the, the metrics pointing in one direction and maybe the eyeball test pointing the other, and the Dodgers, as we know, a team driven in many ways by uh, analytics. And, and I think that the circumstances as they saw them, uh, and analytically speaking, guys, uh, drove towards that point of, uh, of bringing Wood into the game. And I, I think in fairness to both Alex Wood and, and Dave Roberts as well, that, that was not a bad pitch. That was a, a back foot slider that maybe wasn't totally back foot, but it was almost shin high. Uh, inside corner, a sweeping slider across the plate that, that, that obviously clipped enough of the plate that it was hittable, but that, that was not at all what I would describe as a hanging slider terrible pitch. That was just a, a, a pitch that was thrown in and down, and Nunez hits bad balls, as, as John Smoltz said, very, very well, uh, and that was one case where he certainly did that in a huge spot here in Game 1 of the World Series. To be fair, we shook our fists in, in anger before any pitches were thrown, That's JP. Fair. Just That's just fair. throwing it out there. Uh, no, and it's it's all good. We understood the uh, the analytics of it all, and and I've been arguing since the the home run was hit that it was actually not a bad pitch at all that he no, golfed out and and was able to to drive it out. Uh, on the other side, Kimbrel coming in. Part of it, the psychology of giving him a non pressure situation, get him acclimated to the environment. Or uh, what other reason would you think they, they use him with a four-run lead here? Yeah, I, I think it's that. I, and also, uh, they'd already uh, used at that point in time, what, five relievers, uh, Kimbrell being the sixth. Uh, they had to go to Uvalde, uh, one of their game four, likely their game four starter uh, in relief, or game three starter, rather, uh, for, for the Red Sox. So they've, I think you had to use enough of your bullpen already you're trying to keep everybody fresh for the next day. You probably did not want to go a second inning with the Uvalde because you want to keep him fresh for his start later on in the series. And, and I think, too, for Kimbrell, uh, of course, his very first World Series outing, um, he really has found himself uh, the last couple outings here, thanks in no, in no small part to former Dodgers closer Eric Gagne with the great advice yeah. that Gagne uh, had tipped off his 
former teammate and friend uh, Alex Cora about uh, about Kimbrel tipping his pitches. So uh, I think it's that is a really big confidence moment for Kimbrel and the Red Sox. You get your closer in there in a game where where really the pressure is off. Um, and I, so I think that for me it was a combination of getting him in there, but also having taxed the bullpen earlier earlier in the game. I think it was a strategic play both for Game One and for the rest of the series. And I think that's a theme where talking about putting somebody in a comfortable spot to succeed. The Red Sox did that tonight for Kimbrel, and tomorrow it's the same for David Price. The, the Red Sox now have a one nothing lead in this series, um, and, and David, I think it was really important, his, his outing in Game 5 of the ALCS, uh, he, he had really um, developed, I, I think it's been, the point's been made, his changeup was, uh, was really good in Game 5 of the ALCS after having thrown the night before in the bullpen, and, and, and it was a comfortable outing for David. His team was already up three games to one. He felt at ease, a big-time postseason win for him, first of his career as a starter, and now he rolls the confidence from that outing into game two where you've already got one win on the board for your team and you've got the home crowd behind him now after that those Boston fans have seen him pitch so so well in a big spot in the ALCS. This is now a really a ton of really confident vibes right now for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, some luck involved tonight, as Andrew Benintendi even pointed out to Tom Verducci after the game. Some well-placed hits here and there, but the reality is you're up one nothing in the World Series and feeling very, very good about yourself. You know, the one thing I do get, though, and, and JP, and maybe it's, this is a little bit, you know, too simple, but I feel like this when, when you see the, the managers decide what to do with their bullpen and when to bring guys in, and here's Kimbrell in in a game they didn't need him, but, you know, I see the thing. But eventually, this is, the, and I feel like this is the truth. When you go to the bullpen that many times, eventually you're going to find the guy, it's not his night. And that could wind up killing you. And it's like, you know, because the analytics, well, we're going to change here, we're going to change here. But if a guy's going, let him keep going. Because it's not that you know the guy coming in, it may not be his night. When you have seven guys, six guys may pitch well, but that seventh guy could cost you the game. Well, and you're right about that. And, and that's something where I, I think the, the Brewers eventually um, ran up against that in Game 7. Jeffress has had an up, up and down postseason, and, and, and that was the game in which they couldn't overcome it. Um, and, and you're right, the more relievers you go to, the higher the chances that one of them is, is, is just simply not going to have his location or his stuff on that particular night. And, and that's, there, there is really no other explanation to offer than this is the analytically driven decision by, by an analytically driven team. And, and this is where you can find yourself in a tough spot. I think, to me, I, I thought that Alex sticking with Brazier, uh, Alex Cora sticking with Brazier to get that uh, to, against Machado, to me, I was as surprised by that as I was by the bias move. I mean, that, that to me was Brazier had lost the zone against the previous hitter, and you got the bases loaded now for Machado. Oh, goodness. And, and Manny, good swing early in the count on, on Brazier for the sack fly, but you, you could always say, do, do you maybe – Work a little deeper in the count, make him make him make a lot of high pressure pitches. Given the fact he just walked uh, the the batter in front of you uh, in, in Muncie, that was it was a real or Grandal rather. It was a really interesting decision there. I mean that was that was I mean two really different decisions there. Alex stuck with his guy, and while he gave up the sack fly, did not give up the lead, and and Dave Roberts did not stay with his guy. So it's a 
different situation there. Uh, and I thought Alex Cora showed a lot of a lot of confidence in Brazier to at least get that one more out before having to go to the bullpen. I think it was a really really nice play by by Alex, and I think it really served his team well as they managed out there late in the game. Lastly, JP, tomorrow Ryu against David Price. You talked about David Price a little bit earlier. Uh, what are we expecting? What, what's your uh, gut tell you we see tomorrow? I think more of the same uh, for the Red Sox in terms of aggressiveness early in the game. Uh, I, I think with Ryu, of course, he did not have a very good outing in his, in his last start for the Dodgers in the NLCS. And if I'm the Red Sox, I think the same approach of what I saw tonight. Action on the bases early. When, you've, when it's cold, when you haven't played in a while, the Red Sox I thought, did a very good job of having Mookie on the bases, stealing a lot of action and maybe a little too much action there for J.D. Martinez. Uh, go and start the runner, of course, with a 3-2 count, which you understand there. But I think in general, uh, the Red Sox need base runners early, and then those base runners are going to be put in motion. Uh, that, that's a, a much different part of the game, I think, for the Red Sox, a different dynamic for them now in comparison to past years. Uh, I, I love seeing the way they play right now with, with that energy level. So, to me, it's about early energy for the Red Sox, and if you can find a way to, to, to win, more, win one more game at home, you really seize momentum in this series. It's still very early in the series, guys, a lot of baseball left, but to me, I, I think you want to try to get Ryu off his game early by running a lot and putting a lot of pressure on him there. Hits and runs, steals, that's what it's all about for the Boston Red Sox early in game two. You can follow him on Twitter at We Finally Beat the Spartans. That's John Paul Morosi, <laughs> MLB Network, Fox Sports One Insider. Hey, JP. now, Mark D'Antonio is now, what, eight and four against Michigan? So, hey, the, the, that's the history. Still a long way to go for Michigan to, to, uh, put little brother back in the normal normal birth order, as they would say, based on the way Michigan State's played the last decade. <laughs> take it I'm easy. just being real. I'm just being objective no, and honest it. about that, okay? I get it. Alright, take it easy, JP. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> my pleasure, guys. Thank you. See you, buddy. There goes Michigan fan uh, John Paul Morales. You know, my favorite Michigan, my, my gift that, the gift that came off the Michigan-Michigan State game was, it was just a black and white thing and it said, it was a question. It said, are you the Spartans quarterback? It was a big it was a big block marked yes and a big block marked no. And there were all these X's all around the yes box, but not in it. And I, like I thought that. that was just brilliant. That's not too bad. I like that. Uh, coming up in one minute, the truth about Clayton Kershaw and why you should not be surprised about what we saw tonight. But first, the truth from Deb Carson, because she's going to tell us what's trending. DC. I am actually the Sox led by one and then a first for Eduardo Nunez. Check of the runners, the 1-0. Nunez swings it, drives one to left, high and deep by the wall. Gone! Three-run pitch over Eduardo Nunez. Can you believe it? And the Red Sox lead it 8-4. to four. And that was the first ever pinch hit home run for Nunez. Hit it off of Alex Wood on the Red Sox radio network. Red Sox outslugged the Dodgers 8-4 to four to win game one of the World Series. Matt Barnes earns the win for Boston. Clayton Kershaw takes the loss. His postseason record moves to 9-9. Nine and nine. Game two coming up Wednesday, 8 Eastern from Fenway with David Price on the hill for Boston. L.A. has Hunjin Ryu on the mound. NBA Blake Griffin with 50 points, a career high for him, 14 rebounds. Pistons edged the Sixers in overtime 133-132. Pelicans beat the Clippers 116-109. Anthony Davis with a double-double. And the Nuggets improved to 4-0. They held off the Kings 126-112. 
Meanwhile, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Note from the NFL, Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin will resume team activity starting tomorrow after taking a leave of absence to deal with personal issues last month. And finally, guys, no matter who you were rooting for in tonight's Game 1, everybody is a winner. Thanks to Mookie Betts, Taco Bell decided once again to run its Steal a Base, Steal a Taco promotion. And when Mookie Betts stole second in the first inning, everyone in America won a free taco. And you can claim your Taco Bell Doritos Locos Taco November 1st between 2 and 6 local time. Yeah, but here's the thing. After the pickoff, do we have to give it back? Well, no. I mean, I mean, that, I mean that stays, right? It's yeah, not like once, it, once but, it's out there. But if runner is picked off, <laughs> I haven't read the fine print yet. I but. can't imagine they would put that in the fine print. Oh. I can't imagine the execs at Taco Bell thought that far in advance. I, I figured they they figured they would eventually be giving uh, giving away those tacos. I don't think they thought it would be in the first inning of the first game. All right. Well, I mean, you look, you got to be okay with giving away free tacos at some point if you make that bargain. I took advantage of it last year. I brought tacos for everybody. Well, and truly, if you go to get a free taco, chances are you're going to buy you know, some nachos to go with it or a Coke or, you know, a slushy, whatever they've got there. So uh, you're going to spend money. No, that's true. Hey, I went to Taco Bell the other day. The quesarito has become my go-to thing at How about Taco that? Bell. Oh, it's really good. The cheese is really melty. Mm. And you can get it without beans in it. Oh, yeah. November 1st, quesaritos for everybody in the studio on Jason's All right. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. Thank you, Jason. Well, I, look, I didn't win the Mega Thanks, Millions Mike. tonight. You know, come on. Stop with that. <laughs> Just trying to help everybody out. You did, know? did you match any of the numbers? Uh. Uh, no. Okay. No, I didn't match any. All right. No. We'll I, go Dutch. I, I matched. I matched seven. No, I didn't match any of the numbers. <laughs> okay. Uh, so thanks, basically, though. you uh-huh. were the Knicks of the Mega Millions. Yeah. Well, no. Then I would have got one. I would have got one. Uh, one. I would have got. Uh, we're live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15 percent or more in car insurance. For more information, visit Geico.com. So, Clayton Kershaw takes the loss tonight for the Dodgers, and I'd like to be able to get playoff Kershaw. Can that be like a thing now that we say, well, you know, we got playoff Rondo and you have playoff Kershaw because you understand that Clayton Kershaw is a different player in the playoffs like Rajon Rondo normally is a different player except he's a better player. Look, tonight Kershaw was not sharp. His fastball sat around 90, 91 miles an hour and the Red Sox hit his slider. They hit his slider for most of the four innings he was out there. He leaves after four, seven hits, five earned runs, and he takes the loss tonight against the Red Sox. This is not surprising. This should never be surprising anymore for the Dodgers because this is simply who Clayton Kershaw is. He's a guy that will give you a big game and then he'll give you a bad game. This is who he is. And for if for anybody who says, boy, Kershaw's got to come through in the playoffs, no, you've had more than enough sample size to realize that this is why he's a 500 pitcher. He's got a 500 record and his ERA is over four. I mean, that's Clayton Kershaw. He has had a a decent run lately, but still, this playoffs, it's been really good game, bad game. Really good game, bad game. That's where you're at. It's like like Lakers fans who would say, boy, you know, Shaq's 30 years old now. He's got to start making his free throws. No, that's just not going to happen. He's not going to make his free throws because he he hasn't done it yet. He's not suddenly going to start doing it. This is who Clayton Kershaw is. And I know we're talking about the World Series right now, but you know the Dodgers, as much they're into analytics and looking forward, they're taking the long view of things. And right now, you realize you are paying Clayton Kershaw $30 million a year for these 500-type results in the playoffs and World Series. If you traded for Manny Machado for now, 
and he had three RBIs tonight, you're paying Clayton Kershaw $30 million for this time of the year. You have a lights-out lineup now with four guys who sit every night that would play every single night for so many other teams in the majors. You have a decent bullpen. You have other starting pitchers who are young and coming up. This is why, when they didn't start him for game one of the playoffs against the Braves, this is the Dodgers saying, let's try to push Clayton Kershaw to a point where he opts out at the end of this season. We would have got a better read on it had Andrew Friedman not been asked about it during the NLCS when he said, we're not talking about Clayton Kershaw now. You know, we're, we're focused on now. We have inner dialogue, and we'll worry about that after the World Series. All Andrew Friedman, who's the president of baseball operations, has to say is, of course we want Clayton Kershaw back because it's Clayton Kershaw's decision to opt out at the end of this year. But still, he couldn't even get a, we want you back from the guy in charge of baseball operations. I know I'm, I heard that loud and clear if I was Clayton Kershaw. The Dodgers are trying to push him to say, okay, you know what? We need to move on from him. He's 30 years old with a bad back. One of the best tweets of the night we had from uh, one of our followers said, he's two years away from being Felix Hernandez. And you want to be ahead of the curve on that and not behind it. And you know, regardless, whatever the, the outcome of the World Series is, you're not going to get great games in the playoffs consistently from Clayton Kershaw. You're not going to get it. Career postseason coming into tonight, 9-8, and 8, 409 ERA. You're looking at uh, a whip of 106, which isn't bad at all. But but now that ERA and whip is going to well, go it'll, up it'll raise it'll raise to a degree. But the idea being you've got enough of a sample size that you're still over a four. And you leave runners on, not able to hold, and you finish giving up five earned runs. So uh, a dismal outing when Chris Sale wasn't at his best. And that's the other part. You had ace on ace, both struggled. Mm-hmm. This is one where you've you got to be able to jump on. And granted, you go back and look at the first couple of innings of the game, uh, the defensive lapses, to be kind, uh, I, I'll say they, they played terribly. Uh, obviously, he didn't hold the runner on well for the stolen base. You got Yasio Puig trying to show you he's Superman, trying to gun to the plate, sailing over the, the cutoff man. They almost get the out at second base. You had a challenge right away. That added a couple of minutes to your 352 uh, game time when it was all mm-hmm. said and done. But you had a number of defensive lapses earlier, not hurt his fault, but certainly contributed to the early deficit. And then you have your opportunity to get back into the game off sale. And once again, situational hitting betrays the Dodgers. They they can't get runners over. Look at the number of left on base and the the evil attempts with runners in scoring position, and you you set it up so Nunez becomes the the insurance they need to finish them off. Hashtag playoff Kershaw. Let's get hashtag playoff Kershaw. There you go, your guy. You're, you're just trying to get him out of town. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Uh, Dave Roberts meeting the media. We will hear from him coming up in less than 20 minutes. What does he have to say about taking Pedro Baez out and bringing in Alex Wood, who hit a home, gave up a home run that really gave the game to the Red Sox? But coming up next, we've talked about the big plays. We've talked about the underachieving starting pitchers. But what was the reason? The Red Sox had eight, and the Dodgers had four. It's pretty simple, and it's a big concern if you're the Dodgers. That's next on Fox. Very sexual, strong Twitter game. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Fox Sports Radio, and I'm not normally someone who likes to bring bad news to people. Really? But I, I feel like, well, look. Seems like you enjoy it no, quite a bit. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. You're a hateful man. Ah, stop. Somebody in South Carolina has all six numbers in the Mega Millions. Yeah, we've confirmed that. We've got yeah. eight people in California confirmed yeah. to have five of six. Yeah, doesn't matter. Somebody I don't think I'm South one of those Carolina people. has all six. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could buy the state. <laughs> Fair point. What is the, I'm the uh, captain now. <laughs> you could be like the T Boone Pickens of South Carolina. Hey, I'm going to buy all kinds of new facilities for everybody. How about yeah, that? That'd be great. I, That's would, next level. I would move Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> I would buy Clemson and make them trade all their good players to Syracuse and then watch Syracuse really go nuts and But win. yet make Dabo Sweeney the coach for 30 years oh, with no players. Oh, I like Dino Babers. Yeah, I, I, can, I can stick Dabo Sweeney there for, yeah, keep him there with everybody. You're going to stay here and suck. <laughs> madness, I tell you, madness. I'm going to buy Clemson. I'm sorry I bought Clemson. I'm moving all the football players to Syracuse. You'll love it in the winter. Winter <laughs> starts in October, and it lasts until July. You'll love it. Forget about Don't worry about global warming. You live in Syracuse. See, that's the thing. I'd love to go to Syracuse now. With the global warming being the way it is, oh, it's a lot nicer later on in the year. Just for a little while longer, though, buddy. Not not much. <laughs> Dodgers and Red Sox. Game one of the World Series not goes much. to the Red Sox. They win it by the final of 8 Forgadier from Dave Roberts. Coming up in about 10 minutes, he tries to defend his decision in the seventh inning. Pitching-wise, it really gave the game to the Boston Red Sox. But tonight was one of those nights where the the margin for the margin of difference between both teams was a lot thinner than you think it was, even though it was 8-4. It's this one at-bat in the seventh inning. Clayton Kershaw was bad. You know what? Chris Sale was bad. You know, the, the, the Red Sox had runners on base. You know what? The Dodgers had a lot of runners on base. The Dodgers' bullpen was bad. Ah, the Red Sox' bullpen was just okay enough. But here's where things really turned, and this is where things get to be bad for the Dodgers, is that with runners in scoring position, the Red Sox tonight were 4 for 12. All right? Now, you're hitting 300 with runners in scoring position. You put enough people on in a bullpen, that's going to win you games. The Dodgers just 1 for 7. And that's a very difficult proposition when you are a team that is built on hitting home runs and and scoring runs in bunches. Cody Bellinger tonight batted twice with runners in scoring position, and he lofted lazy fly balls to right and right center field. That's a very big deal. The Dodgers had the bases loaded and one out in the top of the seventh inning, and Manny Machado flew out to center field. Right? Yes, he knocked in a run, and Machado had a good night tonight. You know, he didn't. He knocked in three runs, but. You walk away with one run when you need a crooked number at that point. Yes, you bring it to 5-4, but the Red Sox will take that trade. Oh, one run and we'll get two outs, runners at first and second? We'll take that deal. The Dodgers, if if the Red Sox bullpen keep pitching like this and the Dodgers can't come through with these clutches, and this is early in the game. This is early in the game. It's going to be a really short series because, as we've seen, the Red Sox can hit. You know, I mean, you, you don't you go up and down the lineup. All these guys, you brought a guy in off the bench tonight with 12 home runs that a big pinch hit home run, and that was your big bat of the night. Benintendi had four hits tonight. Right, you had Martinez was two for three with two RBIs tonight. You know, you're going to get it from anywhere up and down the order. If the Dodgers can't come through early, and this is a common theme with the Dodgers, that's why I bring it up, is that throughout the playoffs, how many times do we see them in games 
let the other team's bullpen off, like the Brewers specifically, where they would threaten a lot in the first three or four innings and not come away with enough runs. Right. There's no real sense of urgency early on in the game to get those runners across, and the Dodgers continue to struggle leaving guys on base early when they can really strike a knockout Struggling. blow. Well, but that's the hard part is that when you're a team built – you're not changing your stripes, right, is is the old uh, adage, right? Tiger doesn't change his stripes. You've got uh, a team that was built on the three-outcome play of 2018. That's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're swinging for the downs, and they're going for the knockout blow instead of trying to get them on, get them over, build big innings. And we're seeing the runners left on base accordingly. In this particular instance, another 12-strikeout night for Dodger hitters. 33 at bats, 12 strikeouts. <laughs> you know, there's no small ball. So, you know, there's right, no the, the, you know, the, look, the Red Sox early on right. small balled it, right? Not that they keep, but they're able to make more contact than the Dodgers. And let, let's face it, ever since the Re- Royals won the World Series three years ago, so much emphasis has been on oh, contact, contact, because you know what? Good things happen when we put the ball in play, bad things happen when you strike out. And, and that's a shiny example of it tonight. The Dodgers have to put the ball in play more, and they have to come through earlier in the game when they got runners in scoring position. Yeah, obviously conflating. 12 strikeouts for Red Sox hitters and 33 at-bats. 12 strikeouts for Red Sox pitching as well. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up next, what does Dave Roberts have to say after his big managerial moves and lack of moves? You'll hear it. Fox. Standing in the back, Dave. Uh, Ken. Uh, back corner, Jeff. Uh, Chad to the left. Final hour of the show. It is the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yay. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. Game one of the World Series in the books. The Red Sox beat the Dodgers by the final of 8-4. to four. And at the center of this game... Dave Roberts' managerial decision that he made in the seventh inning that you are correct to first guess. This is not a second-guess opportunity. You are correct to first guess this because it was a move and a decision that gave the game to the Boston Red Sox. We're going to hear from Dave Roberts coming up in a couple of minutes, but we've gone through the Dodgers not hitting with runners in scoring position. Playoff Kershaw is this guy. He's going to give you a good game. He's going to give you a stinker. Going to give you a good game. Going to give you a stinker. But this game comes down to the seventh inning. And to a lesser extent, it comes down to the top of the seventh where the Dodgers, with bases loaded and one out, and their chance to really turn this 5-3 game into a game, maybe they take the lead, they come away with one run. Manny Machado flies out to center field with one out. Sacrifice fly makes it 5-4. He had three RBIs tonight, but... That's a trade the Red Sox will take all game long. You saw numerous times tonight the Dodgers, runners in scoring position, not come through with hits. Just one hit tonight with runners in scoring position. This takes us to the bottom of the seventh, where the Red Sox were looking to really take control of this game. They're up 5-4, and Julio Urias is in for the Dodgers. Urias gives up a seeing-eye double to start the inning, right? Not his fault, but he had pitched an inning and gives up a seeing-eye double. It, it happens. So Benintendi's at second, and Dave Roberts goes to the bullpen. Pedro Baez comes in. Pedro Baez, righty reliever, who has been throwing gas for the past month and a half. 
It, it used to be Pedro Baez would show up on the mound for Dodger fans, and they would go, "Oh my God, I I I, I can't watch." I can, people would go home. It's no, over. well, I mean, he was it's getting over. booed, right? We had home. we had oh, yeah. actually had this addressed by teammates over the course of the year, where Baez's appearances coming out of the pen would would elicit a very negative reaction from the crowd. Even in the slide over baby hour, it's not late enough to say what those fans would be screaming. But 11 appearances since September 1st, a .9 ERA. He's been phenomenal. He's been lights out, and he was pitching well here, except for the intentional walk, right? Just the, hey, put him on first base. You got back-to-back strikeouts. Never thought I'd say back in August. That I would say in October, I can't believe the Dodgers didn't leave Pedro Baez in in Game 1 of the World Series. But this is the world we live in. Because Baez comes in, runner at second, nobody out, strikes out Moreland, and he's throwing 99 Baez, and he is dealing. Martinez comes up with first base open, they intentionally walk in, which is a great call. Martinez, look, he's... The best hitter the Red Sox have. The guy was tattooing the ball tonight. He'd already had two hits and a couple of RBIs, so they walk him intentionally. Xander Bogert strikes out swinging. Right, so now you have Baez, 99-99-99. The two batters he's faced, he has struck them both out. At this point, Dave Roberts comes streaming out of the dugout, and he says, that's it. Ten pitches for Pedro Baez, and that's it. There was no question. It was, I'm making a move. He goes to Alex Wood, a starting pitcher who comes in in the middle of the inning. Obviously, what Roberts was trying to do was, I'm going to go to a lefty in Alex Wood because Devers is coming up and he's a lefty. But obviously, Dave Roberts has to know, if I go to a lefty, he's going to pinch hit. He's going to bring in Eduardo Nunez. He's going to bring in a right-handed batter because this is a chance where, hey, we got to get some runs here. There's first and second. You just got to run. This is a big moment in the game. Alex Cora, 108 games. He knows what he's doing, right? Even though a lot of those are against the Blue Jays and Orioles, they he still were. got into the winners. I, I can't, I can't, I can't not give him credit for games he made. Well, you got. Well, he I mean, the there's White still Sox wins a few times too. No, buddy. that's true. He beat the White Sox too. Well, no. I, I, look, add add all those bad teams <laughs> in the American League. There's four or five teams that you could probably account for half of their victories. Hey, 108's 108. You know, I mean, I. I it, no, oh, yeah, I'm not denigrating his <laughs> ma- managerial acumen. <laughs> but he goes to the bullpen for Alex Wood, starting pitcher who comes in in the middle of the inning, which always is tougher on a starting pitcher. He knows that Alex Cora is going to make that move. It's not like he was bringing a lefty to face and he knew that matchup was going to stay the same. In other words, it's not like I'm going for a righty-righty or lefty-lefty matchup because Benintendi is coming up and they're not going to pinch it for him. Or Mookie Betts is going to not going to pinch it for him. It, this is You're talking about you know Devers, who, you know, it's 240. You're going to go to a pinch hitter. Now he's had a streak of eight straight games with an RBI. Uh, Alex Wood, 14 playoff appearances in his career. Only two starts, but pitching to a 3-9-1 ERA. So Alex Wood comes in, runners at first and second, and then a one-run game turned into a four-run game. That is hammered in the left. It is gone. Pinch hit three-run home run. Nunez. And the Red Sox open up game one. Joe Buck on Big Fox with the call, and that ostensibly was the game. 8-4 is your final. If Dave Roberts knows I do this 
Alex Cora is going to do this. Here's my counter. Exactly. Why do you make that move? Why do you not leave in a guy who was pitching lights out? I know that the Dodgers look. They deal with analytics very well, and this is you know this has helped them a lot. I'm telling you, it's helped them a lot. They're in back to back World Series now. They went from being a team that we're going to buy a bunch of players who, you know, are older and bloated contracts to we're doing it differently, and here they are in the World Series. But like we talked about last night with the Giants and Pat Shermer and going for two points because analytics say, oh, well, you know, it's 60%. You're going to get one or two, at least one of the two-point conversions you got to try. Well, you know, that's nice in a vacuum, but each opportunity is its own individual occurrence. It's not like because you didn't get one two-point conversion, you're likely going to get the next one. It's about more than just the math works. There's many other variables. So while the analytics say, okay, we're going to go here, and I'm going to go and bring in a lefty, and I'm either going to get the lefty-lefty with Devers, which I like, or they're going to go, to, they're going to take him out of the game, but then I get a lefty-righty thing. I don't know why you don't say I'm leaving in my, my best reliever up until this point who has done nothing but strike out the two batters he's faced. It's not like it's not like he got a couple. There was a couple of big long fly balls hit that would have been home runs that just curved out the last minute. Pedro Baez was dealing, and here's Wood who is coming in, who is a starting pitcher. It's not comfortable for guys who start to come in in the middle of the inning. Not that he's not used to it and can't do it, but why would you risk that? Bottom line, you know, if I'm not going to win the righty righty lefty lefty matchup. Why am I not sticking with my best reliever at this point that I have in the game? Why am I not doing that? Let's hear Dave Roberts explain it. How would you sum up what he went through tonight in his performance? Um, I, I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he had the fastball command that, that he typically does. Uh, missing up in the zone. Um, I don't think his slider had the depth. Um, that we're used to seeing, um, and th- those guys, to their credit, they put some good at bats on them, and um, we didn't we didn't play uh, the defense that we typically do. And I thought we left some outs out there, um, and it didn't make Clayton's job any easier. What questions for Dave? Hey, there's our guy. Yeah. Dave, do you see the series kind of playing out the way it did today with all of the pitching changes and the pinch hitters and both teams using their benches as extensively as they did? Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at both rosters, uh, there's a lot of depth. And um, you look at the uh, the position players on both sides grinding at bats. And both guys or both teams have uh, the ability to work pitch counts and get pitch counts higher. So um, you're going to have to go to the pen and play matchups. And, and that's kind of how uh, I saw it. We saw it. But they got the big hit when they needed it. Uh, JP on your left, Dave. Dave, how satisfied were you with the at-bats against Sale, getting him out when you did, and specifically Matt ending that eight-pitch at-bat with the home run? I, I thought offensively we had a great game plan, and I thought to get uh, Sale's pitch count up and to get him out of there, to get to their pen, I thought we did a great job offensively. We really did. Um, uh, it was just for me, it was just, again, the defense um, – uncharacteristic tonight for, from our club and um, I don't think the pitching line uh, is, is reflective of the way the guys threw um, you know to beat a club like that you got to play a cleaner game defensively on the left against the wall Johnny Dave can you talk about the wrist sacked attack tonight about the wrist sacked offense it, it's a obviously they're they're a dangerous offense um Especially when you give them extra outs. Uh, JD got a pitch with two outs. 
mistake, a backdoor cutter that got too much of the plate and uh, drove in a run with two outs. And uh, then the, uh, the Devers ball uh, with two outs again, uh, drives in a run. Um, and obviously the uh, Nunez ball, which was down below, you know, it was, it was a breaking ball back foot. Pretty much got there. It was a ball, but uh, he put a really good swing on it and kept it fair. So um, that those kind of, those plays right there seem to be the difference in the game. But again, I thought we pitched him pitched him okay. But that's a good offense over there. Uh, fourth row, Tyler. Dave uh, Baez had you know had a couple of good looking strikeouts there. Did you just want to avoid Devers in that spot going to Wood? Can you talk about that decision? We we talked about it um, with uh, with um, Petey throwing the ball well right there. But Devers really good against a right-hander, and uh, to get a guy off the bench in Nunez, I really liked Alex in that spot. I did. So um, whether they were going to hit Devers with a lead or go to the bench and go with Nunez, I still liked Alex in that spot. And I'm against the right wall here. All right, wait, stop yeah, right there. All right, first, first of all, we got to get all the guy uh, up against the white wall. Uh, you in the back up against the wall. Uh, Jim in the back up against so the wall. So is that is that like a uh, you're up against an umpire assignment? Because remember, back, you got yeah. the other guy that was working the AL series. No, that's not why nearly. This, I mean, this this, is the but it's come World Series. I mean, yeah. he's the guy getting the uh, home yeah. plate umpire oh, assignment. Here, yeah, right he's, here. The, he's the Joe West of this guy. But listen to listen to Dave Roberts. Can we go back, Teicher? Cue it up to the beginning of his answer that he just had that day. I'll, I'll give you a second to do it because this is the problem when people rely too much on analytics. All right? Dave Roberts, listen to his answer why he says why he went with Alex Wood instead of Pedro Baez. So we talked about it um, with, uh, with um, Petey throwing the ball well right there. But Devers really good against a right-hander, and uh, to get a guy off the bench in Nunez, I really liked Alex in that spot. I did. So um, whether they were going to hit Devers with a lead or go to the bench and go with Nunez, I still liked Alex in that spot. He liked his name? Alex Wood. Um, in his, but yeah, we talked about it with um, uh, Jim in the back, and we t- I talked about it with uh, Dave on the side. Is that we liked Alex Wood in that spot, and. We like the fact that we could get Devers out of the game because of the righty-lefty thing. This is so much analytics, and it ignores the fact that Pedro Baez is throwing gas, and he just struck out two batters. Which never happens! You you completely ignored what was going on in the game and and relied exactly on what happened when you say, hey, let's figure this out analytics-wise. Went to the theoretical. You went went to the the theoretical and say, this is what's going on on the field. Pedro Baez just blew two guys away, and you got two. He comes in with a runner at second and nobody out, and he winds up strikeout, intentional walk, strikeout. you you got to ride with him. Um, It's unfortunate. uh, It was just for me. I I, I don't get it. It sounds like he's reaching for... Talking points, right? That that he's been given, or bullet points that are that are ready made to answer that question, knowing it's coming eventually. So not not exactly the the fluid answer you're anticipating, because by that point he'd had an hour and a half to think about how he was going to answer that question. I mean, really, I I mean, I get it. that's the explanation because I don't. He's not lying to us. I'm, I'm I don't think he's lying or making up a right. story. No, I, absolutely. We liked. We liked Alex Wood in that spot, and maybe we're going to get Devers out of the game. But really, you're ignoring the fact that here's how good of a pitcher it was. If Clayton Kershaw was pitching, 
and it was a one it was a one nothing game in the seventh inning. Are you saying, are you saying, hey, well, you know what, we we liked bringing in Alex Wood in that situation. No, you're going to keep Clayton Kershaw in the game. And what you realize is that Pedro Baez is pitching better than Clayton Kershaw. He's pitching better than almost anybody on the team. And he's coming and having a big outing. And still you took him out of the game. That's the problem when you rely so much on analytics. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, what about Alex Cora? You'll hear from the Red Sox manager who pushed all the right buttons tonight. Red Sox take game one of the World Series. Our coverage continues right here, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio. Hi. Oh, the Red Sox could be three games away from popping champagne. Well, they might be popping champagne now. I mean, you celebrate every win you can. Little slide over, baby. Late in Boston. Eventually, we're going to get to that point where after every game a team wins in the World Series, we'll get that post game where they're pouring champagne over each other's head, wearing the ski goggles. I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm good with it now. (laughs) Celebrate every day, Smith. Dilly dilly. How do you feel after winning game one? It's an awesome feeling. We'll get back at it tomorrow. We're so excited. It'd be awesome. I'd like to see that. It is the Jason Smith oh, Show on. with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Now, when you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. That's Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Uh, tight shirt, are we putting together the best of our guy? Yes, I have show eight more seconds of him now. Uh, oh, John, beautiful. all the way up in the back. Uh, Jim by the side. That's a Hall we, of Famer right there. Should we oh. roll it out or what? Uh, let's save it. Let's say, let's say, I want to save. I, I, we you know, we got to get him doing it. Frostburg, Frostburg, can we get him to do an interview with us at some point during the World Series? You know who it really is, right? <laughs> who is it? It's Bud Seeley. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't step away from the game. I mean, we could get him to do liners, and uh, it's uh, yeah uh, for a couple Miller lights, he'd do it. Uh, it's the Jason Smith Show. Jason Smith in the back with Mike Harmon sitting by the side here in the front, and Alex Tightshirt on the ones and twos with uh, Justin Frostberg from London. I mean, really, I mean, we we get him to do liners and everything. That's, That's sir. Brilliant. Uh Sorry, yes. Sure. We, we, we need to tell you, Justin Frostberg, who is back after his sojourn to London. One of my favorite words in the English language. Chargers radio producer, produces all the games for the Chargers radio network. And, and he's feeling good about himself right now yeah. after that hard-fought victory. Uh, Mike Vrabel has become, uh, well, his favorite. Oh, coach. I can't wait for that jersey to come in the mail. I ordered one. <laughs> go, Mike Rabel. Uh, you go. Back after his, you go, Glenn Coco. You fall for Glenn Coco. <laughs> uh, back from uh, nine days away in London. And I'm sorry you had to come back for the uh, game one of the World Series. While you were gone, the Dodgers did great. I mean, Everything was going great, and then it's... he took Baez out. <laughs> <laughs> can't even repeat what Frost, Sir Frostberg had to say. Sir. Sir. Sir Frostberg. Frostberg. Who to was sir knighted. with love, yes. Are well, you- after he vanquished the upstart Mike Vrabel. Oh, I thought you were after he vanquished Lord Voldemort in the Battle of Hogwarts. Sorry, you spoiler. Sip- well, there is that, tea. too. <laughs> it's sir to you. And then, and then he did a He duet. sipped on the Royal Boddingtons. <laughs> <laughs> then he did a concert with Elton John. <laughs> nice. 
Sir it is Elton Sir. John. Yeah. Come on, guys. We we talked about this. Hooked up with a member of the royal family. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one of them's having his baby. You don't know. Could happen. Nine months. It could be a Sir. How about that, or Madam? Well, Frostburg. if it's a boy and they name it Philip, you'll know. Okay. <laughs> and I'd like oh to yeah. Come on. The birth of Sir Philip Bolotai <laughs> Pippa Middleton Markle. <laughs> George Spencer <laughs> Frostburg. Frostburg. The third. I uh, just cut to the chase and named the kid Ringo. And right. <laughs> oh, wow. Ringo, really? You can't Sir. do that. You, you can't, can't come do on. it. It's got to be John or Paul or Paul George. Or or John Ringo. It's got to be one of those. Paul George didn't want to come to L.A. He had his opportunity. <laughs> You're not naming the kid after him. Let's hear from Red Sox manager Alex Cora, who pulled and pushed. Oh, I guess you pull. You push the right buttons. The big pinch hit for Nunez in the seventh inning, a three-run homer. He trusted his relievers to get out of jams earlier on in the game, something Dave Roberts did not do, and as a result, the Red Sox are up one zip in the World Series. I really don't care if they second-guess me. You know, uh, I prepare, we prepare as a group, and you make decisions. You know, and uh, honestly, um, when I'm done here, I shower, I get on that car, I might get a text and say, go to the pharmacy and get some diapers for the kids. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, that's first-guessing and second-guessing over there. So, I mean, it's, it's a game, man. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I know that um, we're in the spotlight here. Managers, they, they, there's a lot of shows now at night, and they're going to dissect every move. I was part of that, so I learned those four years. Uh, working for ESPN taught me a lot. On the left against the wall, Johnny. There it is. I learned how to manage a baseball team by working for ESPN. Well, there you go. I learned how to be a talk show host working for ESPN. I guess, I guess you can, it works out. I just I opened my mouth and said some things. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that was, yeah. That happens. Watched a lot of games, yelled about a lot of games. Yeah. Well, you were the guy walking around outside the studio the first night of the show when I said, hey, you want to come in and be on a show? And you said, yeah, sure. I did, sure. You gave profiteroles to everybody. You're wearing a jaunty hat. And said, well, I had right. a jaunty hat to my left just now. And here we are four years later. And and, and, and look, it you're my best friend. Continues to roll through. You're my best friend, Mike. I know partner. you've been fighting off advances from other would-be best friends on Twitter. <laughs> Now for some time, at How About a Fresca? Uh, oh, by the way, the final result of our poll was 51% of people wanted to uh, have the cat from YouTube uh, that made a lot of headlines okay. replace you on the show. So Only half. Yeah, yeah. So That's you're not good. bad. Half people like I'm you. I'm feeling better. You're polarizing. I'm feeling, well, I, sh- I hope so. I but hope so. Here's the thing about Alex Cora and the difference between him and Dave Roberts tonight. Something we got into a little bit with John Paul Morosi last hour on the show is that when you continue to go to your bullpen, I know that managers think, okay, here's my matchup and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to a bullpen here. And, and, and look, we saw tonight that Dave Roberts decided to pull Pedro Baez from the game way early, and that cost him. Dave Roberts, uh, uh, Alex Cora, stuck with his relievers for a little bit longer, and they rewarded him. Eventually, if you go to the bullpen six times in a game, you're going to find the guy that, hey, this guy is not having a good night. Either as, as, as look, and when I said that to John Paul Morosi, yeah, you guys that aren't locating their pitches, their pitches are up, they have no control, whatever it is, there's that, there's that danger. And Dave Roberts going to his bullpen so many times found that guy. There's times when you need to go to your bullpen. 
all right, this guy doesn't have it anymore. He's pitched two and a third's innings. His fastball is up. His elevation level. You you see things. Okay, mm-hmm. it's time to do something. And there's times where you just go to the bullpen because that's what the book says to do here. That's what our analytics say to do. And you ignore the fact that Pedro Baez is throwing gas. Analytics says we go to the bullpen for Alex Wood, we get a lefty-lefty matchup, or we get Devers out of the game, or we force – that happens. for Well, you know what? That completely ignores what's going on on the field, and that is the fact that Pedro Baez was dominating. So you took out a dominating player because you wanted to play a matchup. That's what kills you is when you go to the bullpen when you don't have to. If when you have to, I get it. I understand it. But was really taking out Baez, who was pitching that well, going to a starting pitcher who was coming out of the bullpen in the middle of an inning, you're really telling me that was what you like better? I mean, it's like you – because there was no question. I mean, for Dave Roberts to say, well, you know, we talked about it, right after that at bat, boom. He was out there to go get Baez. So how much are you really talking about it? Because all we watched Baez do was, bang, strikeout, intentional walk, strikeout. This was more, we had talked about it before, no matter what happened with Baez, we were going to go and bring in Alex Wood. So you can't tell me that you really paid any attention to what was going on on the field. You decided analytically, this is the move that we're going to make. And you ignored what happened on the field. And that, you know, look, that's what we talked about around through everything. That's what happens with analytics. And that's what happens when you rely too much on them and not a mix of what's happening. Well, you get into the situational, right? And in hindsight, we we watched the game last night, and you had the Tavecchio 56-yard field goal, which made the two-point conversion moot. Now, you got the two-point to, to finish 23-20, which meant anybody that bet the Giants got their winner, but you also had inexplicable quarterback sneaks, bad clock management, all sorts of other things, no onside kick here, you have Pedro Baez dominating, and even in Dave Roberts' postgame, clear they, he didn't get the talking points or hadn't gone through them enough to make sure those were committed to memory about what they really liked about the situation <laughs> or who was on the mound. It was just decided this is what we're going to do. Uh, and so you look at it from, from this angle, you know, first time ever you throw an all-righty lineup out there, you get to sail, you chase him, you have your opportunities – and you can't exploit those opportunities and leave a number of runners on base. With Alex Wood, 391 in 14 career postseason appearances, only two as a starter. History says he, he's not been terribly efficient in those situations. I wonder where that was in the algorithm to decide to bring him in in, in place of Baez. Mike's at Swollen Dome. I'll take it. I'm at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen, phone number 877 on Fox. We have more on tonight's game, including you'll hear from Clayton Kershaw and the future of Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers, because despite the fact we're in the middle of the World Series, you know that's being discussed. But first... Let's check in with Deb Carson, find out what's trending, D.C. Gents, it's all about Game 1 at Fenway Park. Red Sox outslugged the Dodgers 8-4. to Eduardo Nunez hit a pinch-hit three-run home run off of Alex Wood. That, of course, was just insurance for Boston. They take Game 1. Game 2 is Wednesday, 8 Eastern from Fenway. David Price will be on the hill for Boston. Hunjin Ryu pitching for L.A. On the hardwood, Blake Griffin with a monster double-double. A career-high 50 points, 14 boards for Griffin as the Pistons edge the 76ers in overtime 133-132. Detroit is off to a 3-0 start. Pelicans also 3-0 after 
dumping the Clippers 116-109. Anthony Davis with a double-double. Nuggets are 4-0. They held off the Kings 126-112. In the NHL, the Discover Card key matchup saw the Blackhawks beat the Ducks 3-1 in Chicago. Become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar by the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. And other games from around the NHL, 21-year-old Christian Fisher with a hat trick, his first career hat trick, in fact. Coyotes beat the Blue Jackets 4-1 in Columbus. Penguins 6-5 winners in overtime over the Oilers by a backhander Sidney Crosby put in. Two minutes left in OT. Bruins beat the Senators 4-1. Canadians with a 3-2 win over the Flames. And the Sharks won at Nashville 5-4. Thank you, DC. You bet. We're live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. So uh, one guy in South Carolina has the six numbers. That's it, huh? Just one Maybe guy? Is that confirmed? Guy. It's, you turn out to be Steve Spurrier. Hello, well, you know, just uh, decided I would go play the numbers of some of my former offensive linemen and uh, a couple of quarterbacks. So I played uh, Blake Mitchell. And uh, that came up, and then a couple other guys wore 62 and 65 and 70. Uh, and uh, now got a lot of money. You now can, I'm going to buy the Redskins be the head coach again. He would have played Clowney's number, but it's too high. Yeah, yeah he Clowney. can now afford to uh, fix Clowney's bum shoulder. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw tonight for the Dodgers. Not the outing the Dodgers had hoped for. As we said before, playoff Kershaw is a different thing. He is not someone you can rely on. He'll give you a good outing, give you a bad outing. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. He's a 500 pitcher in the playoffs, and his ERA is over four. We'll get to the future of Clayton Kershaw in a second because this is being discussed despite the fact it is the World Series. But here's Kershaw following his night tonight. Four innings, seven hits, five runs all earned as he takes the loss. He is on the field at Fenway Park talking to the media after the game. Team did a good job of battling and grinding through. Got to sail a little bit tonight, so um, you know a lot of good things on the offensive side for sure. Did you see anything in them that surprised you or the rest of your teammates? Uh, no. I mean, we knew they were a great team. Yeah. Clayton, how hard is it to be a team like this when you give them extra outs in defense? Uh, well, it's a hard team to beat no matter what. You know, they they do a great job all the way around. Um, homers that can beat you putting the ball in play, getting singles, uh, working the counts, getting walks, stolen bases, all sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, can't do that either for sure. Red Sox fans are known for their reputation. Uh, Dodgers don't play here a lot. Um, how would you characterize it? Uh, it's a great crowd. You know, they were they were very excited tonight, uh, very into it. Um, yeah, so it was a great crowd for sure. Play that up there, they're playing a success because your slider that not working as well. The slider wasn't very good tonight. Yeah, slider was not very good. Uh, didn't have the depth there. Um, kind of flat in the zone. And, um, yeah, they made me pay for it. Clayton, this Dodger team seems to uh, feed off of adversity uh, all season long. Uh, do you kind of feel that sense like you guys got to get hit a little bit then you bounce back? Uh, yeah, we've done that all year. You know, I think uh, you know we won game one last year and lost the series, so you know maybe uh, we'll try it out this way, see if we can win one. Yeah, both. Uh, made some mistakes, but you know, like I said, my slider wasn't very good tonight. Didn't have a lot of depth on it. Um, yeah, made some mistakes in the zone, too, that they made me pay for, and uh, yeah, just all the way around, wasn't a, wasn't a great night. 
So there's Kershaw saying, look, wasn't a great night. Slider didn't work. He said, hey, look, we won game one last year. Maybe we're trying it differently this year. All Go back to last year. Today. Seven yeah. innings pitched, uh, 11 strikeouts, zero walks for him, only one earned. And and then they lost the series. So, you know, being on the other side. Here's the the situation with Kershaw, though. And, and you know, we talked that we had a micro conversation about him earlier about this is what you expect from Clayton Kershaw because it's simply who he is at this point in his career. You're going to get a good game and a bad game. Good game, bad game. Good game, bad game. But as far as the future goes, when you realize that right after the World Series is over, it's going to be, is Clayton Kershaw going to be a Dodger? He's, he's got gonna, 10 days, he, he said. Can, <laughs> I, he's, it'll be 10 days, I'll decide. He's got 10 days to decide whether or not he wants to opt out of his contract. This is a Clayton Kershaw decision. He's got two more years left if he stays at over $30 million a year. You heard him say there, my slider wasn't good. His fastball's down to 90-91. He's not throwing 93-94 anymore, and his slider was not as sharp. This is simply who Kershaw has become in the last year or so. He's not the pitcher he was earlier when he was ripping off Cy Young and he was unbeatable every single night. The Dodgers have changed. They now have 11 position players and are trying to fit him into eight spots because they have guys who can start for other teams every single day that can't get on the field. Max Muncy can't get on the field every single game for the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger can't get on the field every single game, and he had 76 RBIs Rookie of the Year last year. The Dodgers' bullpen is pretty good. They found a couple of starting pitchers. Walker Buehler can be their new ace. Ryu is pretty good. Corey Seager's coming back. The Dodgers not starting Clayton Kershaw in game one against the Braves served two purposes. One, to motivate him. Dodgers realize maybe want to motivate him a bit, and we know we can't count on him. We can't count on him to carry us. We've tried it for the last six years. It has not worked. They knew that would piss him off. And he he is much admitted, yeah, I wasn't happy about it, but I moved on. I'm ready to go in game two. When the possibility arose in the NLCS when Kershaw was going to pitch game five and he was asked pregame, do you realize, have you made thoughts that this could be the last time you pitch for the Dodgers? Because, look, the Dodgers were down in the series and and if he didn't pitch well or they lost, that could be it. And he said, well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great run. It's all of this. And he said lots of wonderful things. This was also asked of Andrew Friedman, who runs the Dodgers. And it's a freebie for the Dodgers. It's a freebie for him to say, of course we want Clayton Kershaw back. Clayton is, I mean, he's, he's the heart and soul of our team. We love Clayton Kershaw. But instead his answer was, we're not thinking about that right now. There's inner dialogue going on with us and Clayton's people. We're going to talk, but we're, we're talking about the World Series right now. There, It cost him nothing to say, of course we want Clayton back. It cost him nothing, but they wouldn't say it. And you know Clayton Kershaw knows that. The Dodgers and this front office knows we have to start distancing ourselves a little bit from Clayton Kershaw because bottom line, no matter what the result of this World Series is, you are paying him $30 million a year. This Dodger front office doesn't want to pay anybody $30 million a year. They're not going to go get Bryce Harper. They're not going to re-sign Manny Machado. This is not how this Dodger team does business. They'll give you big contracts, but they're not going to go in it for for seven or eight years. They're going to give you big money, but it's going to be a short period of time. That's not what Clayton Kershaw wants. He would just stay if that was the case. But I can go someplace else, Texas, wherever it is, five years and get $200 million. Why wouldn't I do that? This is the Dodgers saying, we are slowly and gently trying to push Clayton Kershaw out of the nest because we're paying him $30 million for the playoffs in the World Series. 
and we're not getting what we need. We're paying a guy $30 million for now. You got Manny Machado for now, and this is what you're getting for. Knocked in three runs tonight. Okay. It's the same thing for Clayton Kershaw. $30 million for now, and you are getting a guy who's going to pitch 500 for you and give you a good game and a bad game. That's not $30 million worth of production. 500 postseason pitcher with a four ERA, and you're looking at not being able to get out of the fifth inning, gets chased, five earned runs, and eventually they take the loss in an 8-4 opener to this World Series. To your point on contracts, like I know they want to push it off because it's the World Series. You're talking about the League Championship Series, but it doesn't take much to have one or two lines about what he's meant to the team, and we'll cross that bridge as we get to the postseason, looking to extend our relationship or talk about our relationship, whatever the case may be, whatever pejor- you know, nebulous kind of language you want to use, uh, that in the end, it's still Clayton Kershaw's decision. That's one thing that needs to be underscored in this process. Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up, a very special amalgam of sound you need to hear, plus – the NBA star who picked the absolute worst night to go for 50 points, Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio. Someone in South Carolina has got $1.6 billion. Doesn't mean you still couldn't have won something. You know, it could be. It could be. Might have a number or two. I bet you it's Darius Rucker. You think so? It could be somebody. I don't want to be with you. I'm not Hootie. And the, re- <laughs> and the rest of the blowfish are going, ah, really, Darius? Ugh. We've narrowed it down. It's one of five people. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all the people that live in South Carolina. Oh, oh no. You know, we're on in South Carolina for And I love all five people for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Funny. Steve Tannehill. I mean, that, that was Sir Frostberg on the microphone there. <laughs> uh, Steve Tannehill, I think, won. Trying to think By the way, uh, technical advisory notice, due to the high Mega Millions jackpot, we anticipate increased website traffic that could slow response times. We apologize for any inconvenience. There you go. Um, I, I really I don't get any fun for Steve Tannehill. I mean, come on. That's a South that's Is that Ryan's Ryan's brother? No, come on, Steve Tannehill. All right, so Blake Griffin picked the wrong night to stop sniffing. Blake Griffin Whoa. picked the wrong night. To go for 50 points. Did he punch anybody in the face? Uh, Is it Blake's fault, though? No, it's it's not. No, it's not Blake's fault. Well, it's not his fault Blake's for picking fault. the wrong night. Uh, Could have gone non-opposite the, uh, the World <laughs> Series. You know, Detroit beats Philadelphia in overtime, 133-132. Again, somebody is going to write a big column on the ringer or dead spin about, why is there no defense being played in the NBA anymore? And you realize, oh, boy, yeah, uh, we've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, this game was 122-121. Nice. Uh, 122-120 going to overtime, and the Pistons escaped with a one-point win. It was a big night. Joel Embiid, he went for 33, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists, but the night belonged to Blake. And it goes to Griffin. Ball fakes, drives, scores, and he got fouled. Scores, and he got fouled. So Blake Griffin to try to make the Pistons on top. Got it. You know, it's not Blake's fault. It's not Blake's fault. It's not on Blake. 20 out of 35 from the floor. Also made five threes. Blake Griffin goes for 50. 14 rebounds and six assists 
in the victory. A huge, huge night for Blake Griffin. And oh, by the way, not to be outdone. Just because, you know, uh, he came off the bench, J.J. Redick had 30 off the bench. Hey, do you think on some level Blake Griffin upped his performance because of all the talk about Chris Paul? And being a bad teammate oh, and all that—that's like in the that. news. I love, but he picked the wrong night. What goes for fifty on the first night of the World Series? I get Series? it, but still, it, it was—that's the news. It's the news cycle, yeah. and it's all about Chris Paul. Anybody that ever had a bad interaction with him got stiffed on a tip. Anything else has a story about Chris oh, Paul today. Yeah. I took everybody out once, and Chris said, "Yeah, I got the bill." I said, "Great." I went to the bathroom and I came back and everybody was gone. I had to drop my credit card. It was—I I don't get it. It was, it was awful for me. It was awful. Speaking of credit cards, tonight's show is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. It's not that's not Blake's fault. I, I don't know what kind of credit cards they have. Listen, whether it's Discover Card, whatever card you are using in a restaurant, and I have a particular affinity for Discover because of my very first credit it card. It was, yeah. They, they you trusted what. you Jason, before anybody I, else. Why yeah. would you be using another card other than Discover? I'm just I'm going I'm telling you the story about what it felt like to have my first credit card being a Discover card. Oh, okay. I still go. remember the black card and the orange and I felt like, oh my God, I, I'm walking around like with a with a a a not a literal, but like I like I got a gun on my hip. I got a credit card. I'm uh, I got a credit card. How now, much did you ladies? go and spend like got? a Julio? Uh, <laughs> you know, I remember and I went and I'm about a thousand hats. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I would have like a sixty dollar balance on my credit card, going, "Oh, I gotta pay that off! Oh my god, I gotta pay that off! Sixty dollars! Oh, I'm out of control!" Ah, <laughs> oh, those That's days like are long in the tickets. rear rearview mirror at this point. Uh, so again, tonight's show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you, and we're gonna treat you right now to the best of our guy. We don't know his name, but you know who he is because you hear him every time there's a big game. Ah, uh, Jim in the back, standing in the back, Dave. Uh, Ken, uh, back corner, Jeff. Uh, Chad, to the left. Other questions for Dave? On the left against the wall, Johnny. Uh, fourth row, Tyler. Back up uh, against the wall, Johnny. There that, he is. Here's your Hall of Famer, your your crew chief, whatever you want to call him. Hi, who are you? I'm back against the wall, Johnny. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, hey, all right, whoa. <laughs> can can you get him to say jumping knucklehead Billy just once? <laughs> Uh, jumping knucklehead Billy in the back, up against the wall, on the ground. That'd be brilliant. For Mike, I'm Jason. Twitter, and how about a fresco? My buddy Ben Maller is next. Go easy on him. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 